So I did have something weird happen to me last week. Y'all enjoy this. You got hard? <laughs> no, bro, no, brother. Never. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know. It's it not allowed. It hurts. Also, three of the four of us all have had vasectomies now. In this, in Mine this, was botched, but I have one. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, well three of you have done, had it done by professionals. <laughs> It's funny because I was gonna make the suggestion, like any guys out there that are thinking about it, just do it. It was it was fine, but you're saying maybe not. I mean, I no, I just think I had a slightly different ex- different experience in that no one came in and complimented my nuts. It was okay. Just whoa, most... whoa, 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 Don't spoil the story. <laughs> right. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Who's story? Uh, let me start hey, over. To talk about Jesse's pretty nuts. Let me start over. Okay, so last week I had my vasectomy done. My wife, she's got kids from another marriage, and so I decided to do the responsible thing and go ahead and do that. And sure enough, I mean, the operation itself was fine, really. I didn't have any problems, and I've recovered okay, I think. Really. Jesse the, loves the, when the, people the spear steel into the bottom of his base of his dick. Well, the, the anxiety was definitely the worst part by far. Absolutely. That, not, that's not the, the deleted like, event horizon scene that happened to your balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. The anxiety. His feelings were hurt. Go oh, ahead. Oh, they were. They were. But anyway, so I went in for the consultation first the week before, right? And because I didn't want to just do it all at once. I wanted to, you know, make sure that I was prepped right and everything. And, and that then he had soft in. hands. It, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Like, so he comes in, gives me the whole spiel. And then he's like, all right, drop your pants. Let's see what we're looking at here. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay. He's going to know. It's a little and weird. And you were thinking, like, why does he have a mop? <laughs> <laughs> but we get he there. Blossing? He comes. He comes right over to me. He gets his face right up there. And he and literally, as he's fondling me, he's like, you got a perfect scrotum. We're just letting that go uh, while he's fondling me. Yeah, I, I was waiting for I it. Was touched, what else I was touched. I wouldn't say do? it was a fondle. It was this a, is yeah. not... Yeah, I had an exam. Not, I'm not trying to get clout or anything, but this the, he really did. He just looks up at me and he goes, "You got a perfect scrotum." And he make like eye contact. He did, and I immediately <laughs> felt weird. I was totally fine with you it. You a scrotum. And I. <laughs> <laughs> Riley Reed was his vasectomy doctor. <laughs> Jesse still had his shoes on, but nothing else. <laughs> So, I, I leave thinking that was kind of weird, but whatever. Did your urologist but, have pigtails? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, please, so, please let him yeah, get there. So, come back in the next week for the operation. And, you know, the nurse is getting me prepped. I have lay down on the table, and I'm just completely exposed. And so, I'm already kind of, like, weird about that, because this is a woman now. And I'm, like, trying not to think about it. You know, like, okay, whatever. You know, this is... Why is she not made of straw? These are health professionals. (laughs) Mine looked like fucking Waluigi, so I was not (laughs) self-conscious at all. At some point, while she's getting me prepped, she stops and goes... See, you're the one who the doctor said had a perfect scrotum, right? Yeah, he's just going around the office like, I guys, know, you got to check I out. I think the right. answer is maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny. So I, I kind of like, it's like she tried to break the ice, I guess, whatever. But as I'm having that thought. She's of, bad on first, first dates. Of all, 
for how do you know that? Like, wh- what did he say? He wrote it on his, his calendar. Dad, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> patient <laughs> health information is yeah. sacred. Yeah. He snapped yeah. a picture and he's been showing it to everyone. Yeah, yeah he's but going should, around the office. Perfect not, scroll. I yeah. shit you not. As I'm having that thought, she turns around and is like, "I thought so." <laughs> and then goes but I thought so as in she's seen it before or she No, as in I as have in a she agrees. Scrotus, as in she agrees. You know what my doctor yeah. said when he saw mine? He said, Son, God just took a big old shit where your ball should be. <laughs> so we did not have the same one, I don't think. So were you in some kind of a car accident? <laughs> Maybe a go-kart accident when you were a kid? So can you describe your balls and what's so nice about them? Because you said that you weren't See, I a, I always thought they looked a little like Freddie. Kruger's face. I don't know what, like, what I agree. The fuck they're talking about. Wait, wait, wait. About. We talking so talk, talk the, <laughs> the first one or Freddy versus Jason? Because the makeup artist is It's because Jesse spent his childhood lying a match under his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, one, first one for sure. So... Any other comments about the actual procedure or anything? Yeah, I mean, what's I mean, the follow-up well, so, there? Like, what do you say? I know. What do you say to that? I literally just silent and kind of pretending like I didn't hear it. I'm like, I don't know if she's just trying to break the eyes. That's weird. You That's say, a thank weird you. Thing Can I see yours? I, <laughs> I, I stared at the ceiling tiles the entire time because That's you're exactly sitting there laying yeah. on the table back with this little paper cutout around your cock and balls. And that is like this window to your sack. And you're just sitting there like people are prepping you. And by prepping you, they're sitting there rubbing your like nuts. Just rubbing your genitals. Cleaning you off with latex gloves and water, like soapy water or whatever. Yeah, and iodine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's the prep. The most chilling liquid sloshing around on your nuts from a stranger's hand. Under has, fluorescent lighting. Yeah. Who has no business looking that They didn't have a big. lamp for you? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in a no position lamps. to ask for one. No lamps. Me. Worst possible yeah. lighting. Yeah. There was Same no thing. negotiation. I stared at the just ceiling oppressive time. overhead right. lighting. And you're it, just trying... Like, you don't want to make small talk. It's the epitome of like being at a, a, a salon and someone's cutting your hair. And they're like, so do you like weather? And you're sitting there yeah. laying with your nuts only. But out. I will say, I will say this about the weird, when I get a this like small talk conversation. I did appreciate it from the doctor once he started doing the operation because once it starts to go silent and he's like, "All right, here we go," and you're just bracing, you know, because like I don't know what I'm about to feel. I can't look at it because I might pass the fuck out. Yeah, I got yeah, close but- to passing out, and mine was asking me about. He said, "So I hear you have chickens." And he like twisted something and I felt my stomach turn and my face go flush. And I set up like kind of just neck inclined. And I was like, yeah, he goes, what kind you got? And I said, banties and silkies. And that was it. And then like five seconds later, he's like, we're done. And I was like, it was tough. It was a tough one. Total operation took probably a grand total of two minutes. Something like that. Yeah, that was about the same same situation. I mean, the worst part for me is like, I didn't really feel anything quite like that, but I did feel like when he was doing the incisions, like I didn't feel pain, but you, it's sort of like feeling like, because you're so numbed up. Thankfully, it felt like a hot iron. See, for me, it felt more like it was like I could feel like someone taking a feather across my nutsack. But it, you maybe, know what it maybe is. Maybe that really. doctor was. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He was in love and mesmerized. I definitely didn't really feel yeah. much. He's dripping but hot it, wax it doesn't change on the fact nuts. that You know what the fuck he's doing. And so that, that's just anxiety inducing already. 
and then you can see like kind of out of the corner in your eye, he's getting the scissors out and you're just like, Oh God, like I just can't, can't even think about it. But then he starts asking about my job or whatever and talking about it. And I'm like, okay, this is good. This is actually helping talking, doing anything to take my mind off of it is helping. I, I felt uh, totally fine after I got the numbing shots. The numbing shots were the worst uh, yeah, pain I've ever felt in my entire life. Cause it was just four shots into the base <laughs> of your dick. See, I didn't, have that experience it, really. it, it, those were rough but then the procedure itself i was fine that didn't feel a thing yeah. i just so mutilated myself over the kitchen sink so did you get yours cut or did you Your get asshole. them uh, <laughs> seared uh yeah. so mine were snipped and cauterized snipped yeah. and cauterized yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mine were chewed or at least it felt that way <laughs> so uh, all in all you want to do it again I mean, I think it was fine. And then, of course, I sit up, and he's like, "Hey, you want to see him? There you want they a are." Glass of Moscato. He, he goes. He he points over at the table and just shows me the fucking spaghetti noodles that are laying on oh, the table. And I'm like, "Why would you God. show me that?" Yeah, like I don't. So of course, like, and then I'm just go limp big? after that. I'm like, "This that was the worst part." Now is that you showed me that? Thanks a lot uh, for that. The worst part was that he made you that. lady and tramp together on it. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I had an allergic reaction to his lipstick. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of My Midlife Crisis, the podcast where we spin the wheel to see what media we cover from the only decade worth talking about. Do these things still glitter as gold or... Uh, I am Michael and with me is... I'm Dalton. I don't want to be here. <laughs> A little more energy uh, for the next person. I'm Jesse, and this is my favorite thing. Let's come back to planet Earth for the last person. <laughs> I'm Garrett. Okay. <laughs> why do you sound so seductive? Sorry, that's yeah. that's the only reality. Wait, why, why, try while again. You're, <laughs> while you're being so sensual, why don't you tell us what we're covering today? And this week, we are covering uh, 1996's Ed, starring Matt LeBlanc of Friends. I really want to kiss Garrett right now. <laughs> what Look TV up. show do we have? The TV show is Spider-Man, the animated series. Specifically, the episode that we're covering. Oh, uh, the Hobgoblin episodes. I don't remember season, the names. Season of them. one, episode 12, twelve and thirteen. And 12. I think it's eleven and twelve. And 12. It's eleven, 11 and 12, twelve. The Hobgoblin. Yeah. We watched the episode. We promise. Uh, <laughs> and our music video is "More Than Words" by Extreme. And without any further ado, let's go get into Ed. Nothing prepares you for F Zero, created for the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. You won't believe the power. You won't believe the control. The Santa Rosa Rockets were in a slump until someone came along to lend a hand. He's not putting that monkey in this game. Now, he just might take them straight to the top. Whoa. Matt LeBlanc, F rated PG, starts Friday. Hello, everyone. Today, we we're talking about 1996's movie Ed, starring Matthew LeBlanc from Friends. How old are you? And I, I don't tell my age to strangers. Yeah, how old are and you? Directed hey, by, everybody, this is the movie we're talking about. I'm, so, I'm in the middle of my speech. Okay, directed I'm sorry, I'm sorry. by 
I'm in the middle of my things, Jesse. Shut up, Gilbert. I'm telling mom. Directed by by Academy Award winning director Bill Couturier. And this is a a good movie, uh, a very good movie, not to confuse with Mr. Ed, the very funny 1960s sitcom about a talking horse. This is instead about a monkey that played baseball, and it is very good and very funny, even though critics did not think it was good. It's a good movie. Jesus uh, Christ, it, that was worse than the Rammstein German thing that you were doing. I, I, I was waiting. I was like, surely he's not ever going to go below okay. that well, level. Hang, right, hang on. Well, Maybe he'll know. bring. No, no, no. Maybe he'll bring it back. Why don't you, uh, uh, whoever this is, why don't you go ahead and <laughs> yeah, give us this? a summary of Ed? Tell us what it's about. What's the movie? What does it say? Ed is a, is about uh, a Matt, Matt LeBlanc. It's about who, a Matt LeBlanc? A yeah. Matt LeBlanc Let who is finish. A, uh, a baseball player, a rookie baseball player who cannot throw, uh, who chokes on baseballs. and Does he? <laughs> Slash Italian farmer, right? Yeah, and, keep going. And he, a, a monkey joins his team, and it's about him hanging out with a monkey and becoming friends with a monkey and learning to not choke on baseball. And how does it end? Like, what's it's, the climax? What what in? What's it, the resolution? The resolution is uh, the monkey uh, uh, helps him become better at baseball. And what does he do once he's better at baseball? Uh, he. Uh, Jesse, do your Bill Cosby voice. Hey, he. What does he do? <laughs> Sound it out. He wins. He the wins. Champion. He wins the. It's not a champ. It, he wins the championship. Okay. All right. Well, I think we got it. I think we got it. You know. I think that's it. I make a lot of jokes about never being hard. I actually feel like I'm never gonna get hard ever again. This. <laughs> you thought you were gonna get hard? I, well, I, I think. Oh shit, Garrett's here. Ed, Ed is amazing after hearing this. I well. All right. Well, you can cut it out. It's okay. I'm not gonna cut it out. No, what? we're gonna keep that in. You. No, committed. I like that. I thought that was great. I enjoyed that. <laughs> well, that that's the uh, average viewer that this movie was meant for. <laughs> no, oh, no, okay. It's, it's okay. Probably, now it makes sense. No, no. Let's be fair. Let's, be, let's, let's be fair. Oh, you yeah. were waiting probably, for what yeah. the joke was. I, I, I was looking at the picture and I'm like, where the fuck is everyone seeing a rhinoceros? And then I crossed my eyes. I'm like, there it is. Okay, I see what. Let's saying. be fair. It's probably a little bit younger than that. It, it's it's, it's like, much younger. Mm-hmm. It's for five year olds. It's for it's for what, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> it's for. I'm sorry. I'm what sorry. age? What age did you just cover? <laughs> it's for. I do not feel comfortable sitting this close to him. I think I have a beep in store. For something that long that you just did. Yeah, yeah. no, that's really good. <laughs> no, I insist you keep that in. I, you know, I want to say I went into this movie thinking that I was going to kill I myself. Was, I was going to hate it. I wasn't going to like it. I There would be nothing redeeming about it. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, like, after giving it a watch, I feel like it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I found it, it was, incredibly charming. You know? I thought it was sweet. Uh, I thought his relationship with the monkey was. Kind of endearing in like a in like a crabby little brother that's just a, a mischief maker. Yeah. Well, I don't think it works without Matt LeBlanc for sure. I think he was, <laughs> bo- he was born to be a excuse. Excuse me, excuse me. We didn't make it five minutes. We well, we knew we wouldn't. Excuse I mean. me. You want to hear what I actually had written? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the flannel and John Deere hat create a near immaculate portrayal of a corn-fed, blue-collar, relatable man not unlike you or I and it may sound silly what with the LeBlanc being the embodiment of modern Italiano Italiano 
and other expertly crafted media ventures, but the subtleties in this, the body acting, the delivery of prose that he's living, not acting, it's hard to witness without being left breathless. That's my James Lipton. I knew that this movie was, uh, the, the marker for when this movie was going to go really downhill was the, the Wilbur joke when he was looking for his fucking pig and he looked up at the spider when I was like, Where's where's Wilbur, Charlotte? And oh, then it cuts, smash oh. cuts to like a big fucking pork chop slapped on his The plate. most comically large pork chop on a plate. Yeah. And Looks like it's plastic. He's, he's a farmer and he's surprised by the pork chop. And he's like, oh, mom, you didn't. The, so, o- yeah. the so opening like, of this is like, is he supposed to be Clark Kent? He's literally like living in a fucking, on a farm. And Never like go this, back to that farm. This big goober with flannel and a John Deere hat. Because if you put a man in jeans, a tight belt, and tuck in a flannel, that automatically makes him a country yeah. boy. Okay, and I, not I am going Italian to try and give like an world. actual rundown of what this movie is supposed to be about. Saturday Night Fever with a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> with a bigger monkey than it, John Travolta? It is uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc tri- uh, gets signed to a, ba- a minor league baseball team because he's a really good pitcher. And then when it comes to actually pitching, he sucks uh, during the games. And then like the moneymaker businessmen that own the team who will fucking get to those people. <laughs> those are the worst pieces. Unreal. 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 Yeah. Uh, they come up with a, they have a great plan to get a monkey mascot who becomes their, a monkey ball player. And it's about the friendship between Matt LeBlanc and a monkey and that's it's the it. development of a friendship between Matt LeBlanc and a monkey while there's also a love interest while he's also struggling with having an- pitching anxiety for games only for it to be resolved at the end because the monkey smiles weird and he yeah. magically becomes a good pitcher and doesn't somehow get cut from the team of well, equally he, he doesn't give a talk because he smiles. Where I he, think one he, of my does, favorite things he, about he the movie was it ends. you just signed a brand new player to this franchise and he's struggling in his first couple of games. So your solution is to make him live with the new monkey mascot. Yeah. So to, <laughs> to give everyone the like perspective of what the fuck is actually the main plot of this movie it's just that matt leblanc has performance anxiety when he's pitching on the field during actual games because he was a discovered talent because he's shoehorned in as this farm boy who's never been seen by anyone never before been which is a very weird pacing in that opening scene by the way that's what i knew it was gonna be bad oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never been like that, a, that one that one took me by that like may, gave me a bump, but it didn't like show me that we're we had a long valley to I go would, down. It gave you it, bumps. It, it, no, I it, like, it, it, like, it was a bump in the road because like there's it's just this weird opening scene. There's a non joke that he makes, and then it like smash cuts to the fucking credits. And then he's and, on the team. Yeah, and, and he's on the team. So so basically, this is like Airbud if Airbud didn't play basketball, but just ate his own shit for an hour and a half. Yeah, basically. because there's hardly any baseball. There's no scenes. baseball. Okay, so I tried to do research about this too because it has the same guy in it that's in Airbud that plays the coach. That plays the dog. <laughs> <laughs> his name's Matt LeBlanc. Jesse. But I was like, is there a reason? Wait, for wait, wait. That? Like, he plays why? the coach, Jack yeah, Warden. No, not the not the head coach. He's like the assistant coach. He's like the oh, older guy. Yeah. Oh, the um, older black guy that looks like the dude from Half Life Two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like he he's the basketball coach in Airbud. 
Oh, so, okay. I, so I started that looking at the like coach or an uh, uncle and everything. Like, how is it that he also is in another movie about an animal playing a sport? Just bad luck. Great. It's like Tom Cruise yeah. playing a guy that runs. And he plays the coach. I mean, it just, it just seemed like a weird coincidence. Like there was a very specific reason for that. But I couldn't find anything out. No. I think it really was just a coincidence. Air Bud's I mean, after this? I can't re- I'm honestly not sure which one yeah, came yeah. first. I, I want to say yes, because Air Bud definitely yeah. seems like it probably came a little later in the production. Yeah. I, and I was but not joking when the director of this is Academy Award winning director. He's a documentary guy, right? Yeah, he's a documentary guy His uh, who was famous for a documentary about the AIDS epidemic. Very uh wow i really thought that was a joke uh, so no okay. no that's very true <laughs> so th- this is this is my main like takeaway and uh, it was very early on in the movie in that the monkey is unnecessary it doesn't need to be there because the entire actual because you already have matt leblanc <laughs> <laughs> there's the joke i've been looking at. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry because the actual plot of the movie is just a baseball player who is struggling with performance anxiety because he's never been put to the test right. in an actual live game, and he needs to get over this anxiety. Right. That's the act to struggle. That's, yeah, that's all you the, have to overcome. That's the actual struggle, and it just has to be resolved. But for some reason, it's... And I know what the reason is. It's because it's a PG movie meant for five-year-olds because they would see a monkey eating ice cream as like, wow, this is so wacky and crazy. He wears jeans. I've seen baby movies, and they're not near this trash. Well, so yeah. the, the, so the, the main thing story-wise, because you can really break down this movie the, into each conse- like individual part yeah. as to why it's trash. The it studio executives that made this movie are basically the businessmen... In, in the, the movie, movie, who are like, well, kids are only got, we're going to make a lot of money if we just put a fucking monkey here. Exactly. No, but it's it's and, almost like, yeah, that's the, that this, entire plot point is almost like that's the way this movie went down. Right. And it's yeah. writing. They it could have just as easily been a sports movie, but they're like, but we got to put the monkey That's what in I mean, it. in that the story is just about the plight of a man with performance anxiety that he has to overcome, and then he inevitably wins the championship for his team because he shows up and he performs. And that's the entire story. And you can have that entire story without a fucking monkey. But Which, You've got these dodos or whatever, these comical fucking dudes. Somehow the movie gets worse whenever they're on screen. Oh, it's so, it's, it's so like jarring. It's like the very first scene with the with the coach and, that, and he's the son of the owner. So he's not even the owner. The very first scene with him, I'm just like, what? is the delivery this guy is doing the way every every line he says it's just like there's a pause a, yeah there's a pause in the middle of a sentence that just shouldn't be there is this guy made a flubber yeah <laughs> that's, that, that's I, how he is and I, then he like he comes up with this plan for getting a monkey on the team and he hands him a, a folder that literally just says the plan on it oh my and god the yes, camera I, zooms I, in I, on I was this. like it's like it's like it's like something wow. from a fucking airplane. It's like that's, what's yes. the plan called? Like the that's plan. what I mean. In that this was an entire movie standing on its own two legs, minus the monkey. But someone said, "Let's put a fucking monkey in it because that'll entertain people," and that's it. Because half the fucking movie is just how wacky would it be yeah. if there was a monkey there? Then well, it's just right. like a checklist. Oh, of oh yeah. You think of about like wacky like, animal situations. Yeah. The, the yeah. genesis, though, of baseball movies up to that point, we've got. The Sandlot, which like sets a really high bar for kids' baseball movies, that's ninety three. That so also much features heart. an animal, which is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and, it makes fucking sense. And then right. you've got yeah. Rookie of the Year, which is also ninety three, later in ninety three, which mm. that one's pretty solid, I guess. It's got a nice little supporting cast, and the whole thing in that is he breaks his arm, and then all of a sudden his like locked arm, he can pitch like one hundred and twenty miles an hour, and a kid joins the big leagues. 
And then you've got Angels in the Outfield with Christopher Lloyd, which has a whole like kind of supernatural. Okay, so get me wrong. Element. Is a kid in King Arthur's Court a sequel to Rookie of the Year? Because isn't it the no. same kid? It's, who- it's the same actor. It's not the same kid. It's the it's. I think it's the kid from American Pie. Yeah, that's hitting Tara Reid or whatever. Yeah, I think it's so. Ian Nicholas Thomas or whatever. But his it's name not is. supposed to be the same kid. No, it's the same it? actor. That's okay. it. No. So that's more of like a Bill and Ted. I think I just have always wondered that and never really knew the answer. I mean, it makes sense yeah. because he, I think he also plays baseball. I well, I think there's like a baseball reference in the trailer or something like oh, that. Well, I think not he the like, same kid. He like it, it's plays always baseball like, with some characters. It, it in the seems movie like it's a big thing for movie when movies in the '90s and '80s for like the kid characters to just play baseball. I think that was that's just their like identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that that works for a lot of kids. So, but yeah. this 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 becomes last. And it's what's weird is is like you already have a market for these things, and typically that market is anywhere from five years old to like thirteen years old, right? This movie is for six year olds, five to six year olds. It doesn't work for eight year olds. And you've got Matt LeBlanc. It's like the third or fourth season of Friends. So he's like a. a- well established. Well established. This character. is a, this is his first starring role. This right. is his breakout role. And, and we should also note that this was offered. This role was offered to Matthew Perry, and he turned it down. And the same year, he made uh, fucking Almost Heroes. Well, which it's we've also re- covered on this show. It's really weird when Almost Heroes looks amazing comparatively oh, yeah. to this. Because well, it's what, what I what I said what I said earlier about this. <laughs> You can really break it down individual parts and talk about how each one is trash. We've we've covered the story, but the acting and just to get back to what you were saying about these very ridiculous like salesman team owner of the kid of the owner characters who are involved in the logistics of how the team operates and what's on it. He is the worst they are actor I have ever him seen. Him and in his my little age. friend who follows him around uh, to to just give an idea of like how basic the scenes are, especially with them. Like after Ed joins the team and it's supposed to be like everyone's interested and wants to come see because of Ed. Now there's a scene where a little girl comes up, uh, is coming entering into the baseball field with all the the rest of the crowd, and she asks someone who's like a ticket handler or something. It's like, is Ed playing today? He's like, yes, he is. Five dollars or whatever. And then it camera moves up to show you the businessman (laughs) over like listening above, and they're just like leaning over with these dumb fucking grins and then they do this animated high five miss fall and then popcorn flies up and there's a like a whoop bang uh comic this is a movie that has animated graphics for dollar signs not even dollar signs dollar bills they're dollar bills dollar bills bills they are cartoon they are cartoon characters characters, but they are like comical children's villainous cartoon characters in that when he is speaking, just for example, in that very first scene that Garrett was mentioning, when he comes to like deliver the news to the coach about there being a monkey that comes onto the team, the coach will deliver a line, the camera is pointed at him, it will then cut to the businessman who is anticipating a response, is looking at the coach. His face then changes, then he delivers the line, then he stops delivering the line and chuckles. And then it cuts back to the coach. And that is every single time this man fucking speaks. And it is brutal to watch. So the, to watch. the cutting, the like camera angles of the movie that they use, the, the just the scene transitions, 
points where like the monkey jumps out of a window and lands on a swing set or when someone jumps into the field and then it cuts to Matt LeBlanc's face going, whoa, and there's a fucking... This movie can eat my shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I feel like somebody needed to say it. I think think it's the very first scene where he meets the team on the field and all the players come around and meet the monkey and they're like, whoa, yeah. One of the characters goes up to him and he like pokes him in the eye or something like that. And then the owner, immediately after seeing that the monkey has just like done something to another player leans down in front of him and is like, hey, and then he rips off his toupee and everything. And you're like, why would you do that? This thing will why? eat your fucking hands and tear your face off. This yeah. is a chimp. Oh, yeah. That is talk such... about the fact that he's alone with a little girl for half the movie. <laughs> you're like, this thing would... Yeah, this chimp could punch her chest through her back and we've left her alone for like four hours in a fucking yeah. home unsupervised. I, I, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the chimp for a second here too itself, Ed. Is Why? <laughs> because, because it's the one thing that the movie's named after. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, I so mean, get back to where we were. Like, yeah, what happens next? Visually, it's the one thing that probably makes sense or works. I guess I, I don't want to well, say. Kind that. Of. Yeah, whoa, kind of. Whoa, whoa. It's a it's a it's a guy in a suit, but the head is animatronic, and the animatronics aren't bad. Wait, that was it a guy actually, in a suit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. right, I, I 100% agree with you. That's the one part of the movie that's like, I actually kind of believe the way the monkey looks. You could looks. see this in another movie and it not and be fine. distracting. Yeah, sure. It's right. like, yeah, he looks okay. But the way he is edited, yes. particularly like in, the, in the scenes where he's supposed to be funny, where they do these like really weird, like you said, weird transitions, weird cuts, and then they speed up the film to like it's make him obviously like, like sped it's up. obviously sped up and he's making these silly faces and it's supposed to be the, charming, the but biggest, it's like, he just looks scary. The biggest... Uh, uh, scary? He looks really scary. I, the biggest offender in that regard is the scene where uh, Matt LeBlanc gets fucking trashed at a yes. bar, which is a weird thing to have in a children's movie, yes. we'll say. But he gets trashed, and then Ed has to drive him home. The because he's li- drunk. Yeah, I, because I, he's drunk. And then he gets in the car, and the whole thing will, you know. I literally made a note. Blue screen or whatever. I made and a note It's weird projection. Scene. It looks like something from fucking Sherrod. I mean, it's like an Alfred Hitchcock movie, but sped up. But yeah. all of the outside shots of the truck while it's driving around the parking lot to do the hundredth circle or driving down the road or zooming into the thing, it's just sped up footage, and it looks like sped up footage and the bit goes on for so they're driving like long. two miles an the only hour. note i made during that scene was what the fuck you would have been safer to let leblanc drive <laughs> yeah because yeah. Yeah, he's a but the maneuvers he's doing in the car so is fucking ridi- insane but i will say up to this point in the movie in its defense there have been no slide whistle sound effects at all or fart noises uh, no by that point in the sure? movie, there are a hundred before oh. they fucking bring ed even into like the picture i know that is what that was the next one in the first scene that that was the next thing i was going to touch on is that not only is the acting script story the cutting together the editing awful the matt leblanc the 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 sound design is so fucking cartoonish it is slide whistles just do for every fucking thing there is a when the monkey gets first introduced matt leblanc's character is showing up I don't even remember his fucking name, but he, he he's showing up to pick up uh, the monkey. Cooper. Jack, is it Cooper? Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. 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 Yeah, he shows up because he's the guy who has to go pick up the new mascot 
from the fucking bus that's dropping him off. And after they do this, oh, like, weird God, this fucking... fucking... That scene goes on so, so long. And, and I'm getting... So what he does is, it's time for the, the chimp to get in the truck. And after some fucking, like, hoopla of chasing around the monkey trying to get him in... The chimp trying to get him into the back of the fucking it's truck. It's fine. You just call it whatever Ma- the fuck you want. Matt LeBlanc's character, Cooper, gets into the truck. And the chimp gets in the side passenger... And he's not wanting him to ride in the cab of the truck with him. So the next three minutes of the movie is the monkey locking the door only to unlock it and then lock it again to trick it is so, Matt LeBlanc so repetitive. into yeah. trying to unlock the door or open the door and it get goes, the chimp out. And can I say something else? I, The whole movie after this point, all I could think was, what was the point exactly of making Cooper's character... A farmer in the beginning, because in no to, way to shape make or him, form, it, because is that it, because it's just like a checklist thing, right? right? To make him like appealing or like small, a small, it's like small, oh, yeah, small town, town humble guy. Because, because they never every, go back to it. They never show his parents again. He's got this dog, but they never do anything. Yeah, he with references the dog. and never shows up. Yeah, again. It's, it's not like they try and to like, because create after that, he's, heart later in the movie with right, the character. And, and there so it is in the beginning. No, they never come to his game. He sleeps with him. He makes a reference to it later when the chip is in bed with him. Yeah. He knows how to be like animal loving and he's a farmer. So he's experienced as an animal handler, but acts like he's completely cool. He acts like an Italian guy. Yeah. It's like, why would a farmer act? The second he He sees Ed for the first time, he gets freaked out and is like, ah, and like jumps away. It's like, dude, it's a monkey. Like you're a farmer. The only country thing about him is the fact that he wears a John Deere hat. That's the, (laughs) that's the point. That's the whole flannel. This movie does nothing progressive wise as far as Italian stereotypes and they fuck animals because you see LeBlanc in bed with a dog and a monkey. I'm just saying this to make, Bad if she ever listens to the episode. <laughs> I'm no, kidding. No, none of our significant others listen to I our fucking show. I did think it was weird in that very first scene, though, when he's like milking the cows and he does that bit where he throws the ball at the the button that okay. releases their food. The or way something. that was cut, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was so going to. I thought he was going to throw it at the cow's udder. <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird. Like he, when he hits it, he turns around and looks at the cows and he goes, "I aim to please, ladies," and winks. And I was, I'm like. Well, th- I guess that makes sense. That makes one scene make sense later because in the uh, after Ed drives him home drunk, they like wander into the bathroom together to take a piss next to each other. That's right. And Ed yeah. looks over at at, at uh, Cooper's dick, just like Pete. His eyes are closed, and he just opens one eye and like peers over at his dick, smiles a little bit, and then crawls into bed with him after. What message? What what are because you trying it, to do with like this? Like you thing? said, it's a checklist. It is this movie runs through just a fucking. Wouldn't it be funny if the monkey did this? Wouldn't it be funny if the monkey did this? And that's all it wouldn't is. Wouldn't it be funny if the monkey looked at LeBlanc's dick? Yeah, wouldn't well, it be, crossing wouldn't it be streams, funny yeah. if the monkey ate ice cream and also watched a cartoon that had a monkey on it? You know, it Garrett looked- made a really good point, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't point this out on Mike, but the I, the monkey eat the ice cream and the ice cream come out of his nose. <laughs> and and hard, hey, hard agree, I would say. That's, that that's, does happen. That's actually really funny. They made um, popcorn and they make too much. Wait, and it so so I, I don't know how it's physically possible for that popcorn bit to happen. I don't know how it's physically possible for a chimp to wear jeans and a fucking baseball shirt. Yeah, well, I don't, you I don't seen know how it's right physically possible before. for a chimp to understand Sexually. English half the movie <laughs> and does what everyone asks him to and is polite and so, nice. 
let's get to the supporting cast, but I think the best way to lead into that is we have these 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 greedy capitalists like manager guys, yeah. right? That are actually They're fucking cartoon of a cartoon characters. devil and a Looney Tunes. Absolutely, cartoon. these are yeah. Looney Tunes characters. So a movie exists with Looney Tunes characters being, but it's embodied. not animated. But it's not animated. Though the dollar bills are, yeah. But Matt LeBlanc, Joey from Friends, is playing the straight man in this movie. And then the other guy on the team that could also be great for comedy chops, it's fucking Cole from Martin. Jim Caviezel's in it, too. And Jim Caviezel is in this movie playing a straight man. These are all playing straight men. The only other guy that's, like, going goofy is the... It was... I did think it was really weird. I like, looking at the lineup, the baseball team, was like, a lot of these actors went on to have pretty... Yeah, decent careers or like well-known faces. Yeah, you got, like, you got Zach really... Ward was the is the red-haired guy that Ed knocks over. That's the kid that played Scott Farkas or whatever from Christmas Story. Yeah, He's Christmas the bully. Story. Yeah, and he was on, he, he was on the show Titus for a while. He and the catcher, I I don't I don't know his name. But he was he, a George Lopez show. Yeah, he yeah. was on the George yeah. Lopez show. I noticed him too. But yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right in that. Like, there's people playing straight men, and I think the entire uh, reason for that is the fact that they assumed all the comedic relief. Was gonna come from the monkey, the 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 chimp, and yeah. the wacky like greedy businessmen, right? Because they are doing just cartoonish shit. They that toupee bit where the monkey pulls off his hair goes on for so yes, it long. Goes on so the whole long. team's just laughing. He's just every like, just every scene there. goes on and, so and long. any any scene that is not confined to like monkey does something funny, haha, in that comical is essentially two characters looking at one another, saying something that's supposed to be heartfelt, but it isn't. It's the only and, digestible parts of the and, movie. And, yeah, it's and, the only then, time it feels like a movie. Yeah. Right, and then it always ends with what is essentially boils down to both characters having single shots on them of them going, huh, and chuckling and smiling. And then it goes to the other character, huh, and they chuckle and smile. That's every fucking <laughs> That's interaction a really good in the movie. Huh. Yeah. J- Jim huh. Caviezel is playing his role in this. Like he's in Field of Fucking Dreams, though. He's yeah, playing he him is, so much heart. He, get, he gets cut from the team, and it's it's so downtrodden. Him yeah. and Jack Warden are like in a different fucking J- movie. Jack yeah. Warden, who's the baseball team manager, he's he's well, of course, he's also like relegated to doing problem child movies, which are much better than this shit. But Jack Warden goes back to like working with fucking Sidney Lumet and like 12 Angry Men and like Injustice for All. I mean, this is a big time actor and he's, he's good in this movie. I mean, him and LeBlanc are definitely top billed. He, oh, yeah. Like, and Jack Warden sure. is the only one that's like getting cuss words out in this movie. I mean, he is yeah. playing it pretty well, I he guess. Does, yeah, for what it is. He's I mean, fine. he's fine. And yeah. for how much baseball is like slapped all over this thing, the fucking poster of the movie is them doing a oh, very apparently bad high five with the chimp man costume just like composited yeah. in on top it's of like it, facing the, the wrong the, direction. They chose the chimp man to like... Their hands don't look this, like they're in the Oh, same it doesn't plane. look yeah. like they're going to hit, but it, yeah. it's... The whole movie is billed as like this baseball tale type shit, and then there's so little baseball. This movie is for baseball and monkeys playing it like eyes wide shut is for the orgy scene of like it's a lot of the movie. It's like it's about twenty minutes of the movie. The rest of it is just so little of it. I was starting to think halfway through the movie that they were never even gonna get to the point that the whole reason that they brought this monkey in as a mascot in the first place was because he was gonna sell tickets, and you don't see any of it until like the very end of the movie. I missed the part where he's going to be a mascot I'm like the plan Mickey Mantle's the plan which why did Mickey Mantle write 
a plan for a like, monkey being brought. Why the fuck did it have to be so, Mickey Mantle? Because so he played I re- baseball? So, yeah. And so if I, if I remember correctly, that's where he gets the talent for baseball from, right? Because he's Mickey Mantle's monkey. Right. It's right. Mickey Mantle's monkey? Yes. yes. It is they, his mm. personal mon- chimp. He's Look. just been living in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, I thought the whole thing was yeah. the monkey comes and plays baseball because he's a prodigy and they already knew about it. So he just, by happenstance, no, he was just gonna be a mascot, is good at baseball. He was, he was just going to be a mascot, but he also happens to be what good at baseball. What the fuck are we talking about And this? because the chimp is so good at baseball, he needs to be the third baseman. So there's a 40-minute mark. That, that's what you got to do. The 40-minute yeah. mark is where you see... The monkey throw the ball and it goes through the the mitt, which catches it, it on fire. Yeah, it, it, it wait, he's blows like missing out, half a hand. Yeah, he's like, huh, it blows cool. out the netting and leaves fire in its in its trail, and everyone's like, "Wow!" And it's like, if that had even been one millimeter off, that person's maimed. <laughs> yeah, that, that is nothing to congratulate. Well, That's that, a wild animal. <laughs> this monkey, we established pretty quickly that this monkey is a way better baseball player than LeBlanc or any other players on the team. Oh, you mean the fact that he pitches at 300 miles an hour yeah, so wait, we make him a third he can, baseman? He can catch baseballs that just like went to bat that are like 100 feet in the air. He just leaps up Wait a minute, wait a it. minute. When you said that just now, did you mean the guy in the monkey suit is a better baseball player than everyone there that's playing baseball? Or do you mean Ed the character, Jesse? Ed the character. I mean both. <laughs> take, it for however, take it however you want. But right. Jesse's buying in completely at this point <laughs> in the yeah. movie. He is immersed is, in I this I love world. how LeBlanc, the end of the movie, ends. it ends with him getting signed to a professional team. But they We're, don't sign the monkey. Oh, well, no. like, well, we also had to establish this short little transition. The monkey to make, was put down when, when LeBlanc <laughs> left. <laughs> we, we, we also missed the, like, at the the third act dramatic moment of the oh, we monkey have missed is, nothing we the, just haven't mon- reached well, it yet sorry at one point the monkey gets abducted by goons well, well not abducted he's I'm sold. glad you're making that he's point he's sold but he's being handled by goons the, the, yeah. the are, two guys that bugs bunny foils like the bank robber guys yeah this, i did have this question who the fuck is he sold to? Because it is not clear. Just no. a competing team. When he team. gets him, he they're just wearing leather jackets. I th- no, I think, I think they. I think they do like, say who, who bought this monkey. I think they do say who what do team they? Because I think I missed. It's it. another team. You got drafted. I don't know, or but yeah. okay. But the but the two handlers that are depicted as they're angry biker them. guys yeah. that are tasing a monkey in a cage, who also clearly displays super strength and athletic ability early on in the movie, only to be foiled by the two men who have dollar signs popping out of their face. What? what how? And so he's Matt LeBlanc has got to go save Ed from these guys. And, they, and you think that's going to be the climax, right? No. No. You think, you think surely the the car chase with a fucking nutty nanner ice cream truck is going to be the fucking climax. No, the climax the is that the, the way, monkeys... Garrett in made the, us nutty nanners this morning and they were delicious. I did make nutty <laughs> nanners in, in, in honor so of good. Ed. <laughs> but the <laughs> climax fantastic. of the fucking movie is that... Ed's in the hospital being taken care okay. of. But well, let, let's, let's back let's back up to, to get to kids. Ch- there were a couple of things that uh, that I do want to talk about before we get there. So he uh, Matt LeBlanc goes there, saves him, beats up the goons or whatever, or Ed beats up some of the goons too because he fucking opens the bars like yeah. he man. Yeah, uh, he couldn't do it without Matt LeBlanc's help. 
Yeah, he is his strength. And he's like dressed in a clown costume also. Yeah. So I guess he was just, he's not even trained as a baseball yeah. player. He's just trained yeah, as, as, as another mascot. As another mascot, I guess. Even So, yeah, so let me get this straight. So, just so not, only is he, not only is he sold to another baseball team as a mascot, even though his talent is undeniable, but instead of eating popcorn, <laughs> yeah. eating, eating the ice like, cream, yeah, instead of babysitting, <laughs> treating him like a member of the team, they throw him in a cage and tase him with these two I, biker I, goons. I know. Which makes no okay, sense. Speaking of throwing insane. him into a cage and tasing him, why is he living with Matt LeBlanc's character? Why not just yes, cattle prod him into a too small cage and throw a blanket but over also, so it's like, nighttime? What is it? I love how like the, the plan, <laughs> the, ex- the extent yeah. of the plan was to have him come on and be the mascot, but the team has absolutely no plan for him really whatsoever. Right. It falls on the manager to be like, okay, it falls LeBlanc- on the director to have a plan at all. Making this goddamn fucking movie. that's a piece <laughs> of shit and can eat my ass. But they made I'm LeBlanc- Go pick him up. They make him move. They make him move in with him. Your player that's clearly going through something and is brand new to the team. You make him live with the monkey. Yeah, it's uh, it's not about the heartfelt moments that leads to him being a, a better oh. baseball player. It's the fact that this entire fucking movie, every scene, every shot was done in one take. They didn't do anything else to develop anything. This You've entire got, movie should be stuck in a Transylvanian salt mine. <laughs> <laughs> you have got you have got a fucking movie that is a hundred just hundred to zero, hundred percent piece of dog shit for an hour and a half and it's too fucking long there's too much stuff that's still there's in there scenes, do you guys want to talk about the love interest dude okay no. so so listen the little girl he's walking by the little girl yeah. and she says can i ask you a question he says sure and she says are you gay what and she goes, because you haven't asked my mommy out. Well, my thought is, yeah, they've only had one scene together. They've had one scene together, and he, sh- he should have said, I haven't asked your chicken-legged mother out because she's got teeth like fucking Jerry Lewis. <laughs> God, that's the love interest they got. The, the the woman that plays the cunt from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dad. She that, is the least compelling love interest. She is also... I mean, I think she's, she's really fine. She, yeah. she, she's she is doing... Th- I mean, there... Maybe honestly, from maybe from the top lip up. Honestly, all of her scenes and all of her stuff is a plus by comparison. I mean, what the fuck do you do when this is what you have to work? Her with? and Caviezel are in two different movies. I think like they're in they're in a different headspace That's, making the movie. She's in she's fucking trying her best to be Vicky Valancourt adjacent without the trailer. But it, there's just the thing that, that makes Valancourt hot. <laughs> there's there's just nothing about the fucking movie that's redeeming, dude. It's just shot after shot after shot. Of it's almost like half ass. the people in this movie went into a movie thinking it was just a baseball movie about a guy I'm who joins. Sure, the team. Jack like, Warden thinks that. Like I'm just playing like, a baseball yeah, coach. Dude, like at what point does it become revealed to them? Like, yeah, this is actually about a monkey. In and post, like, ah, shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you know, a, a movie with a, an animal in it is not. A, a mark of bad quality, Not but the rest of the movie, yeah, is. Kangaroo Jack's good. <laughs> Don't talk shit about Kangaroo Jack, um, okay? It's so, a really good so, movie. But real quick, because we touched on him defeating the goons and breaking out Ed, and Ed gets in the hospital. But the whole resolution at the end of this fucking movie, after we just sat through forty-five minutes of a monkey eating popcorn and sweeping up fast and scrubbing on his hands and feet, yeah, scrubbing the floor and doing the dishes is not the issue with the cleanliness of that house. I mean, there are so many other problems that they are ignoring, and it's like you can leave that shit alone. Oh, the fact that they caved in half the wall. 
It, no. Yeah, the, right. the that last, fucking door. The, the, yeah, the, the door. resolution at the end of the movie is that Matt LeBlanc's character, Coop, has to pitch against a fucking guy who, I guess, is, spits a who, lot of tobacco. Yeah, Dude, every, <laughs> every time that guy comes on camera, he's, I forgot what his name is, but he's like the My best. My mouth would salivate. Yeah, the, the best fucking baseball hitter they've got. And every time he comes on, it's just like this ADR. Yeah, he's just growling. He's, just growling. he's got all like the, somebody this, I work with. He's got the this chewing is, tobacco dripping down his The team lips. is the devils, too. So he's just yeah. standing there with the, just draped across his chest and chewing yeah, he's that sitting tobacco. There, he's, got, he's got tobacco, like, just fucking spit, just draining down the outside of his fucking mouth. And that's the whole thing, is he strikes this guy out. That's the whole resolution of the fucking movie is that he couldn't strike him out before, but now he can. Because, Not even just because, like winning the game. It's just striking this yeah, one. Yeah, just striking guy this out. guy out because he's got it out for him. Now, if he strikes him out, they win the game. But that's art. You know, that's secondary because you got to have the chimp show up at the last second right before he pitches to show him, hey, throw the curveball. Gives him the signal for the curveball, and after he's fucked it up a million times before this, he finally finds the fucking. Uh, he really has, to do he it. really has no reason to get the curve right because we spent so much time of the movie focusing on the damn monkey that there, he's never done anything to show that he's overcome whatever problem he had well, with the, that pitch. The, the overcoming it was... believe we are talking about this movie. <laughs> 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 I am just sitting... I tuned out for a second. I'm just like, it's like what the I, fuck I get it. are it's we like, talking oh, about? His, him finding the friendship with the monkey is what gives him the ability to overcome the performance. Right, relaxing. Like, I get it. I get it taking but it a break. change the fact that like... It, he could do other pitches... It, it, they make a point to to show that specifically it's that pitch, so that you do have at the end of the movie with the monkey giving him the signal and he's watching. It's like, oh, but it's like if this uh, yeah. is the pitch that's really your problem, we never see you practice it even with the monkey. I'm confused like, or, too like, because get it right. It establishes him throwing 125 miles a fucking hour. Like that should be plenty. If you want someone else in the game that can pitch like 90 miles an hour, maybe do a slightly better curveball, send him in. But I'll be the guy that throws 130 miles a fucking right. hour. Right, like he does the other pitches fine. Right. Just, well, have you have you noticed that one part? There's one part where Jack Warden uh, is in the foreground, okay, and I think it's after they've discovered something with Ed the monkey, like his town or whatever. But he comes like to the foreground of the camera, and you can see LeBlanc to the left of the screen, and he's pitching, but. Warden is blocking a lot of the pitch, so I guess we're under the assumption that he's doing the pitches. Like, wow, he's fast. He's okay, so good so at you this. You don't actually see the speed of no, the ball. No, you see, yeah. you see it because all he can do is to get it to, to the home plate, to the catcher, is like kind of throw high like a normal person would. Yeah. So you're just seeing the ball sort of go high, and Warden's just sitting there trying to do the blocking for that, saying like, huh, this monkey could be something we could use or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> clearly, why even have him pitching in the back? Why not just have Warden say what he's going to say? It is also right. worth noting that Matt LeBlanc uh, trained for three weeks with a professional ball player. Yeah. I, Whoring and drinking. Okay, maybe. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. okay I, said, yeah. I, I will say that there are a couple of moments where I did believe his pitching stance. And I can see maybe where that paid <laughs> off. Because that's about the only thing that felt like it worked for him as a baseball player. Sure, he looks really. like, like he's sure, he, he's baseball like, yeah, sure. Before. He looks like he's standing the way I think a pitcher would stand. I thought the most believable part was how he handled having a monkey as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I, well, I'm, you know, I, when he's, you're friends with Matthew Perry. 
Are we, are we fucking done with this it's thing? Can we get on to like how much money it made and how where are we at? Where are we shit at? it is? How, how long we got? Forty minutes. Forty. No, we got to keep going, and brother. Of course they make. <laughs> and of, course they, dis- yeah. of course they make the Friends reference to the monkey. Oh yeah, at one yeah, point yeah, in the yeah, movie. They too. make a Friends show reference, and it's the episode with the fucking monkey in it. Because yeah. every time the monkey's looking at TV, it's got to be King Kong. It's got to be a monkey on the screen. He's got to be going ooh, 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 and just fucking close up of his face. Yeah. Doing that, yeah, for he can't 10 just seconds. be watching like Mash or something. Yeah, no. he can't be sitting on the couch. The monkey watching... episode of Mash. <laughs> <laughs> he can't be sitting the on finale. the couch, yeah. just fucking watching MTV or something. He's got to be sitting there watching monkey cartoons. You want to hear my favorite joke of the movie? Yes. It's when uh, Ed is wrecking his apartment when he first comes over, and he's just kind of bouncing all over the place. And like Matt LeBlanc's in his oh, room. Yeah, I know where you're going. He breaks his chandelier, yeah. and he you see a monkey hand just like reach into the door and hand him like this broken piece of gla- uh, lamp funny. or whatever yeah. and he's like I'm gonna spank that monkey oh yeah and yeah. then it's really close he closes the door he looks at me he goes I'm gonna spank that monkey yeah, yeah. this like, is also like right before my other favorite part of the movie when uh uh, Ed has my to other take, favorite part of the yeah, movie. Ed, when uh, when Ed has to take a shit and he gestures by holding his holding dick his and dick. jumping up yeah. and down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, which they do that again. They do it. Yeah, they do it multiple times. But but no, it's kind of a layered joke though. Yeah, because the second time <laughs> yeah. he has to piss. Yeah, get in, in that oh, monkey yeah. do have to pee. He do have to go pee pee. He do eat the ice cream. At least they stick yeah. to the character of like okay, the one that a, pisses and shits. <laughs> he's a farmer, so he's going to try to lead him outside to go do his business, right? And he won't do it. But he is so adamantly against him using the bathroom. It's just in a way that feels like. Why is that so like funny or like weird? It's like, oh, the monkey went to use the yeah. toilet. Like, if oh, anything, but, you should be impressed. It's like oh. that chimp used the fucking. Yeah. Well, and then there's like some wow. cartoon like farts. I was gonna sm- say that we need we need to establish a 45 second joke so that the monkey can exit the bathroom and we input some fucking green fog behind it because yeah. they're real stinky. Yeah, what are you doing there? Did he pee? <laughs> he went pee-pee bad. He went pee-pee. It was a lot he, of frog. He comes back in with some air freshener. Yes, it, it, like every fucking thing with the monkey so is just bad. like so drummed up. I, I really think this movie like would have been served better if it was an animated was movie. It made? If it was a 2D cartoon yeah. episode of Looney Tunes, then it, this movie would have been like, oh, okay, well, it maybe that's okay. It feels like the short in front of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that one with the baby. That where the ba- it's just a whole bunch of like shitty oh, fart yeah, jokes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Oh, it's uh, it's yeah. yeah, it's piss it, from beginning to end. It's piss and it pisses on you constantly and it never stops raining. And the 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 jokes with the fucking monkey are just the lowest hanging fruit. He's gonna eat Matt LeBlanc's dinner because Matt LeBlanc gave him dog food and he's a chimp. Oh, yeah. like, when he starts food. messing with the food, he he messes with like there's more food than what you see is on the actual tray. That's like he's upsetting. coming up and he's got. He's got mashed potatoes his, and carrots it's, all over it's his like mouth. A, a, it's like a none banquet of that was dinner. On the, it's yeah, a banquet that, TV dinner. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if they show that food on the table, I think I think I would choose the dog food. I feel it looks sick. I feel sick bad. watching. It's, yeah. it's yeah. nasty. Ugh. And the monkey goes down and like comes up two seconds later, and he's got mashed potatoes and carrots all over his face. Then he goes down again, comes up, and there's like twelve asparagus stuffed in the front of his gums. Doesn't Jim Carrey do the exact same joke in one of the Ace Ventura movies yeah. where he yes. pops with pineapple? Over his eyes yeah. Oh yeah, but see the thing is, they established that there is a plethora of food right there. Oh, for him that's to right. Do yeah, that. like you've so seen the joke that kind of the 
monkey. There's yeah. a monkey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes monkey do do that. that yeah. so sometimes monkey do do that. that yeah. did not exist Some, on that place. Oh, that's sometimes, why it's funny. Okay. Yeah, that's, why it, yeah. that's why monkey it do eat ice picture. cream and then it just blows out his nose. How co- and and you just jumping back real quick. I fucking hate this movie. Just <laughs> jumping, jumping back real quick to the fact that the little girl says, why don't you want to date my mom? It's like, your mom shouldn't want to fucking date him. Yeah. He's a washed up shitty rookie who can't perform. His apartment looks like dog shit before the monkey even got there it looked like it was torn apart by chimps it is so (laughs) shit it is awful he's sitting outside at 8 a.m in the fucking morning throwing baseballs at the fucking apartment complex walls in an apartment complex just waking everybody up i'll tell you she shouldn't be fucking interested in him he is worse than the fucking chimp she should be calling the cops on him at least the chimp goes and helps her pick up the fucking groceries but he's too busy trying to figure out how to stuff his flannel further into his fucking jeans. Worst mother of the year. He's an idiot. Child services should be called. Buffoon. They go on a a date and they're walking into the carnival and she's like, should I call? I don't know. And he's like, no, it's fine. Like, yes, you should fucking call. You left her with a chimp. You left her with an animal that has the capacity to rip her head off of her neck Pick it up and drink the blood from it and then do a little monkey dance. Yes, you should fucking call. He is trash. What are you doing with this man? Other than the fact that you're admiring the fact that he has the same hat on in half the scenes. I mean, LeBlanc, the entire movie, can't get the monkey to do anything he wants him to do and is wrecking everything. And then it's just like, yeah, they're fine. What are you, you know, worried about? What fucking about? father of the year award <laughs> yeah. are you giving to him? He's bad with the chimp. He's bad with himself. He's bad with his home. He drives a classic truck that he can't even keep a fucking monkey out of. What is appealing about him? There's nothing. It's the fact that you have him sitting there in tight jeans and a fucking two-shirt combo repeatedly. The most country Italian man. He's dog shit. There's nothing redeeming about him. She is a goddess comparatively. Well, wait a minute. Oh, I'm just getting started. He's so... No, I'm done. I'm done. I'd rather fuck Jack Warden. Yes, you would, but still, it makes no fucking sense for her to be interested in him. There's no relationship. Would this movie be better if uh, Matt LeBlanc and Jim Caviezel were swapped in roles? Yes. If Matt LeBlanc wasn't in it, uh, look, as far as Jim Caviezel, I like to pretend this is what Terrence Malick saw him in before he cast him in Thin Red Line. Like, this guy's got something. This guy's got that, the it factor. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that special something. Him there. getting cut from the team was the only time I felt anything <laughs> watching look, this, this is movie. A, this is what Mel Gibson saw him in when he's like, he could be Jesus. <laughs> hey, this this Ed is still better than whatever fucking Christian QAnon movies he's making right now. No, that's I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Sound he of does, Freedom. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I watched some interviews about that Ooh. well yeah, I'll, be, that'll, that'll be a yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do a deep caviezel dive yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's cut that out but dude just fucking I, this is I just, the least i've ever had to talk on one of our episodes this has been wonderful it's Dalton. just because the movie is so fucking brutal dude it just doesn't make <laughs> sense and i'm like i actually do think like Matt LeBlanc is kind of funny in Friends sometimes, <laughs> and he's an okay guy. I'm sure he's fine for a lot of things. Can I, I ask just... something about Friends real quick? Yeah, I, go ahead. I've only watched a little bit. I mean, when I was like very, very young, I would just like kind of have it on occasionally. So is the conceit that he and Chandler 
uh, sit in Lazy Boys together and get hard watching Baywatch together? Yes. Yeah, that's in there. Okay. Yes. But that makes sense. It is implied they watch porn The fact porn that they watch Baywatch, that they, not that they're hard. They mm-hmm. don't watch just Baywatch. It's implied they watch porn in there together, too. Well, I, I th- okay, so I think that's... I, I get that why it's Baywatch and it's not porn. That because should be an it's, ad. it's network TV. <laughs> right. him and the so, monkey yeah, saying on... It's on network TV, together. so you can't imply That's what he should have done to see where he looked at his dick. It is, yeah. an, it is an entirely okay sitcom. It, I like it just as much as most other fucking sitcoms. And it's, you know, sometimes it's got a couple of funny bits and some of it is, you know, a, a product of its time. But he's he's not, a, I really don't think he's a bad actor or like a bad element to put in movies or something. No, but he was not always... Not as a fucking straight man. And why do you have to apply this blanket country boy aesthetic to him that you don't even fucking reference or go back to? There's no fucking point. It doesn't make sense because after the fucking 30 minute mark, it's just a movie about a monkey eat ice cream funny. That's it. That's wait, the what's, whole... what scene did that happen then? Oh, wait, <laughs> that's right. There's a scene where he eats ice cream. Did, why <laughs> half the people It is the funny movie. though. Is there is also movie. a scene where he dresses up as, as a bunch of people. He, he dresses up in costumes Yeah. and he does like a, a little show. He dresses up as Gwen Stefani. It's funny. I thought it was Madonna. Is it Madonna? I, I don't Madonna. know. It's one of the blonde pop stars. It's whichever one looks more like it's, a chimp. Who cares? <laughs> it's all dog the, the, shit. The little the girl's whole, mother. Yeah. <laughs> the, mo- the movie is bad. I yeah. felt mad that I, I, I was trying it. to figure out why Jack Warden needed to do this. I assume for alimony or something, but <laughs> I couldn't. I, I was trying to find like interviews or something, like what the deal was. I didn't find anything about what his motivation was, but I did see that he was. Um, he was sexually violated by Ed the Monkey, and it didn't say what happened, but it did say brutally. So, uh, how much how much money did this fucking piece of shit cost to like make? Cost to make twenty four million. I thought it was thirty four. Are you no, really? I, I'm it cost, cost twenty four okay. million. Twenty four million. Which is still too million. much. Yeah, yeah twenty four million estimated. The budget went to popcorn. It <laughs> made. It ma- you want to know what it made though? Mm-hmm. Hundred. No. Hundred. A hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> About four and a half million. Four million. Worldwide. Almost that, as much as it, almost here. That, that is worldwide. That's worldwide. Yeah. That is. Yeah. It is a flop of really this, bad. And what's, that, cra- what's crazy is this is as much of a failure as Almost Heroes is. I mean, I think Almost Heroes made like eight or something like it that. It made Chris Farley's salary. It, it, it made, you're right. It made $6 million, which is what his salary was. I am also alarmed that we have rolled 11 times so far, and we have rolled... Two different movies with a male cast member of Friends that have been in shockingly bad movies. I mean, that's what you said. That makes sense when you think about it, I guess, considering the popularity of the show. But they they were only in one movie in the 90s for the most part. I mean, they were multiple, of course, but Matt LeBlanc, not so much. At this rate, by our 20th episode, we're going to have rolled a movie with David Schwimmer where a, a giraffe sucks its own dick or something. This is not a we good progress so far. We will definitely roll a couple David Spades. This- it's just it's just Couple so startlingly bad. Like this movie is aggressively bad. And it the only thing that you can write it off as is it's for six-year-olds. It's not for anyone else to enjoy. No. This it, is a and that's movie. weird that six-year-olds don't watch Friends. Like eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 13-year-olds, yeah. sure. It, it could have been any guy. Like I, mean, I watched an interview with of- uh, Matt LeBlanc and, about this, and he, was, one, he, lo- he looked like he clearly woke up at like 5.30 a.m. to do a fucking press junket for goddamn Ed. and To was, get hard with Chandler yeah. to watch Bay- <laughs> Baywatch Nights. Yeah. And it, he, he was talking about like going at, he's gone into the theaters, and he's like, yeah, it's... 
it's great to see you know all the all the kids uh, laughing. I think the kids are gonna. Was really he wearing enjoy a trench it. coat when he said this? Yeah, he actually was. <laughs> yeah, then he did Ooh. this. <laughs> That's what he did. Better movie. <laughs> That's just fucking movie. That's what yeah. you deserve. I, yeah, I, I, I want to give Dalton a standing ovation for this part of the episode. Man. I did stand out. <laughs> <laughs> MVP of, of our podcast, anyway. I could not stomach to watch this thing. I, I swear, if any of you are unfortunate enough that you want to just be a fucking masochist for a little while and endure this fucking thing, at least put it at like 1.5x. You're not going to miss anything. You know what? That take for, it a drinking game. You might have fun. Yeah, for, every for, time there's a slide, slide whistle, whistle. Yeah. take a shot. Yeah, every time there's a slide whistle, die of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say something, though, that for those of you out there that don't watch the content and just listen to the show, good on you, man, because, boy, you fucking avoided like a... a Matrix amount of bullets by uh, by missing this movie. There's it's a whole night I will abysmal. never get back. I I I I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm, I, I don't do. want to. I'm I'm. <laughs> I do. I fucking hate it. I hate it. Any, I hate anything it. about ice cream, Garrett? Huh? Anything about ice cream? Ice cream. Know. Ice cream is really great. I like that. I like the strawberry kind. It look all pink when it come out your nose. Come out the nose. I really like Garrett's nanners. Uh, that was the one good thing about that came out of this movie was that there was a nanner truck, and so Garrett made nutty nanners, and they were good. That's true. They were so That's good. That's true. I did make chocolate covered nanners. Thank you. Um, I do have, if you guys want to cover it, I did find um, what his friends, co-stars, said about it, if you want to hear it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah please. I, I do want to hear that. Matthew, it's favorable. Yeah. Well, Matthew Perry said he gave it uh, three out of ten bewildered, over-the-top, slack-jawed expressions and said that Ed makes almost heroes look like Barry Lyndon. He also said, could this movie eat any more shit? He also said that he uh, had a once-in-a-lifetime sexual awakening with Ed the Monkey. Um, okay. Schwimmer had no comment, but when asked, did let out a whimper like a limp dick panty waist putz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Courtney Cox said, Ed is uh, like angels in America for <laughs> people. Okay, we'll Jesus cut that Christ. out. Okay. That's Courtney Cox, okay. Uh, Aniston said, this movie sucks dick, and I was in the first Leprechaun. I'd rather make <laughs> shitty Jason Bateman comedy one after the next for a decade than watch one, watch even the opening credits of Ed. Dude, Leprechaun is genius compared to this movie. God, I hope we cover that. Uh, Kudrow, Lisa Kudrow, the sweetheart of the show, said that she enjoyed seeing friend and co-star LeBlanc on the big screen, but the movie itself should shit in a condom, freeze it, and go fuck itself with it. <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus. LeBlanc... Um, said about the movie Ed and I both adhere to the Stanislavski method we really found our characters by going method and actually living together prior to the production uh, living and breathing what was originally just written on a page allowed us to encapsulate the actuality and pathos of our respective characters sharing a small space wasn't always easy but it was intensely sexual uh, Chandler and I never had that not really Sure, he'd hold my hand while we tried and failed to get hard, but never anything past that. It was the 90s, and the sexual liberation movement was at its peak, but Chandler was just not available with who he truly was and his boy guts. Uh, the closest we ever got was mutual masturbation after a bottle of pink Moscato, but he chickened out and blamed it on a brutal combination of a decade worth of Coke and whiskey dick. It wasn't <laughs> like that with me and Ed. That's all he had to say about it. So. Oh, that's all he had to say. <laughs> about it. I, I found this on IMDb. Uh, there wasn't a lot of stuff on there, but I did find that um, explains the PP scene a lot. It, it, yeah. it may not be reliable because it's IMDb, and I did notice that these facts were added ten minutes after I watched the movie. 
Um, so that was good timing. My rating for the movie is two slings of shit at my TV. Um, I'm not saying that like baseball movies in the nineties were anything fucking great, but this is the Iggy Azalea of nineties baseball movies. So interpret any way that you want. I think there were good baseball movies in the nineties, but this is sure. Sandlot. Yeah, Sandlot's yeah, good. Sandlot's good. I, I mean, give it get, one out of ten slide whistles. You get the Tom Hanks movie too, right? Uh, oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a great that's from one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cast, cast away. <laughs> it, just, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't fucking make sense other than the fact that you made a movie for children. There's just no reason to have a chimp in this thing. It stands and the story stands on its own two legs. You know what? You know what is a funny joke though. Like if they did that whole cleaning montage, you know, they do the whole cleaning montage and then the house is like spick and span. And then before the door actually opens and Matt LeBlanc and the chick come through it, the monkey just slings a huge gob of shit at the door and hits it. <laughs> that would have been a funny joke. There's a good monkey joke there. You know who was one of the people that played the monkey? Who? Uh, Rhea Perlman. <laughs> no, uh, but it was uh, uh, Ron Perlman's wife. Was it really? Yeah. Ron Perlman's wife? Denise Cheshire. Cheshire? Oh, God. Ron Perlman's Her, wife. Yeah, so she gives me a bad she, taste in my mouth. She just wore reason. Ron Perlman's face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, man. We, fucking. Does anyone have anything else? No, please cut the past 10 minutes. I refuse to give it a star rating because that's reserved for films and mm. movies and things with stories. Um, and Brutal Garrett's here. <laughs> so, hey, fucking get used to it mm-hmm. next time make a cartoon for a quarter of the price you fucking idiots i'm glad my wife fell asleep before i put it on because i think i would be divorced now after putting her through that it's coming just wait <laughs> <laughs> all right change it we're hungry hungry it's hungry hungry hippos first to gobble up the most marbles wins Saturday morning on Fox. Sears web in your eyes. Go where you've never gone. So fasten your safety belt. See what you've never seen. You lame brain. Nice to see you too. Experience what you've never experienced. And you are strong. But smell isn't everything. It's the wondrous web world. Mommy, it's the big bug. You've been waiting for. He nails the dismount. What the incredible adventures of Spider-Man. Saturday morning on Fox. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We're doing Spider-Man, the TV show, animated series. The animated series. Awesome theme song, by the way, by Aerosmith guitarist Joe Perry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know that, but it makes sense because that that intro rocks. And it doesn't try to compete with Danny Elfman's Batman the Animated Series score, which is much more like brooding. and This is way, way more indicative of something like Spider-Man Saturday morning cartoons. 100%. It's very Uh, high tempo. Have fun. Dialed up. High energy. Are we we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. Okay. No, we're just talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, so we, yeah, we watched Spider-Man the Animated Series. Uh, it was produced by Marvel Films Animation and aired on the Fox Kids Network from November 1994 to January 1998, totaling 65 episodes over five seasons. It was written and produced primarily by the showrunner John Simper, alongside several other writers and directors, including, of course, Spider-Man creator Stan Lee, and had a fair amount of creative control over the initial episodes, and through most of it, really. Yeah, it's a banger of a theme song recorded by Joe Perry. 
It was nominated for numerous awards, uh, even landing daytime Emmy Awards for voiceover actors Roscoe Lee Brown, who plays the Kingpin, and he's done a number of other things. I recognize him as the narrator from Babe. I thought that was really interesting. Mm. And Edward Asner, who plays J. Jonah Jameson, he's been a number number of things. And um, a, he a plays big he play on Batman the Animated Series too. Yeah, the Fox Kids thing. He plays the old man in Pixar's Up. He plays Santa and Elf. Uh, some people might even know him as Johnny's stepfather in Cobra Kai. Uh, Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show is the big thing. Yeah, of course, that's where he yeah. got his real start of his career. But he's he's had a, yeah, a very big career. And he passed away in August 2021, too, at 91. Uh, allegedly, John Sipper coerced the studio into buying him a complete set of Spider-Man comics. So he had a wealth of Spider-Man lore to draw from, which I think really shows in the show. A lot of what I consider to be Spider-Man, I think, really came from the show. Because I didn't really read a lot of comics until I probably started getting into my teenager years. And I probably started watching the show, yeah, when I was like eight, nine years old. So before the Tobey Maguire movies came out, I mean, I this is what I really thought of as Spider-Man. Fox Kids was the intro to kids back in the 90s yeah, the with same, Batman, same, X-Men, and Spider-Man. I was going to say, same for X-Men and Batman the Animated Series. I mean, that's yeah. that's where I draw a lot of my knowledge from, from yeah. those characters. It's the same way yeah. like the MCU yeah. is like, who the fuck is Ant-Man? And it's like, here's a here's a movie. Here's a related Right, character. exactly. Yeah. Um, let spe- Specifically, we covered the episode. It's part one and two, because it's two episodes strung together that cover the same plot line of Spider-Man battling the Hobgoblin, yeah, uh, who so, is working for Osborne and Kingpin. But we yeah. watched season one, episodes eleven and twelve, the Hobgoblin parts one and two. It's a two-part episode featuring Roscoe Lee Brown and Edward Asner, and voice of Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill as Hobgoblin, and he, of course, did a lot of voiceover work in the nineties. Did Joker as in Batman the Animated Series, where most people. That iconic voice is what a lot of people he's, think. He's of pretty Joker. much killed it across the board. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's already in the Fox Kids like recording booth, and it's like, you want to go ahead and do fucking Hobgoblin too? And it's like, yeah, should I change my voice from the Joker? It's like, not really. Don't worry about it. Same guy. Yeah. Just do it. The show features a lot of crossover with a lot of Marvel characters, and especially characters from X Men, since it ran alongside that show. Yeah. So they appear a few times, as well as like you said earlier, Captain America. Punisher's in it. Blade is in it. Yeah. There's a lot of big Marvel characters in it. Uh, it's very bright, very colorful, intended to be very contrasting from Batman the Animated Series, yeah. which is intended to look very dark. And it looks like the 90s Spider-Man comics. I mean, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it, like the way much. it's animated, it looks like the uh, Ramita uh, yeah. art pre- style, pretty much. Like the way the webbing is. Uh, just like this rope that's twisted around itself. Yeah. Um, it, it is like I- idealistically, costume. like iconically, like Spider-Man. Just like the yeah. animated series has that sort of like brutalistic approach and that sort of dark like shadows, expressionistic, like German kind of look to it. There was alongside the actual drawn animation. There's a lot of 3D animation scenes too with buildings of New York, the skyscrapers that show like the camera kind of sweeping through different parts. And from what I understand, it's actually a pretty faithful like recreation of new, of mainland New York or of New York city. It looks like that. Well, I did. The way that it's drawn yeah, the is whole actually pretty. Is computer now. Yeah, it's 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 all a pretty faithful recreation of New York City. Well, I so I, I've never really watched. Uh, I've never really watched the Spider-Man animated series before. This is really the first time I like sat down to watch it. 
I, and anything that I ever saw, I don't really remember, but in the same vein of like Johnny Quest and everything, the animation and everything, and just the art style is so easily digestible and easy to follow. It, it yeah. it's not what well, even though it's a fucking show about a superhero, it's really not that crazy like graphically. You know? and, it, no, and it's funny because mm. it, it's gotten a lot of criticism for being uh, heavily censored, like a lot of other kids shows at the time. Like mm-hmm. there's certain things that they could like you never see anyone get punched in the face because apparently that was too violent and they wouldn't let any shows do stuff like that. But it. Even in spite of that, I feel like the show yeah. still manages to there's, have a lot of action. There's it feels a, like lot there's a lot of action, especially in the second uh, episode that we watched. Yeah, the, second the second part, part has episode. tons of action, but there, yeah, there, you're right. There's not like there's not like fights. No, it's intense. Though. So let I me mean, like, walk through what happened in the episodes that we watched. So it, it starts with Wilson Fisk, Kingpin. He's on his way to give a public address at ESU for a public dedication of a criminal science building to keep up a, his appearances as a public figure and not as a criminal. And then Peter Parker is there to take photos. And on the way, he's talking to Harry Osborne about becoming his roommate in his apartment that he has. And then the event is crashed by Hobgoblin, who is new to the series. He's a new character. We haven't seen him yet. He tries to kill Kingpin, but he's rescued by Peter. And so then he dons the Spider-Man costume. He gives chase, and he runs out of web, and Hobgoblin gets away. And so then Hobgoblin goes to Oscorp, where he reveals that he was hired by Osborne to kill him. And Hobgoblin demands more money because he didn't know he was going to have to deal with Spider-Man. And Osborne tries to blackmail Hobgoblin by revealing his identity, so he leaves. Yeah, so I, th- this was one thing I had a question. It's been a little, Hobgoblin is not really like a blind spot in my uh, Spider-Man lore knowledge. Well, it kind of is because like, I always uh, thought that Hobgoblin was Norman Osborn or... Green Goblin. Green Goblin is yeah, Norman Green Osborn. Goblin is. Or not so, Norman, sorry, Harry Osborn. So from what I understand about this... comics he is. Yeah. Right, that, that's that's what I thought. He becomes Hobgoblin, but I think it initially starts out as someone else. So it's who a is mystery. the... Because it's not revealed in this. Well, so it's who never is revealed, and that's kind of the you're, idea. You're it's, absolutely right. It so, originally starts yeah. as someone else, and eventually Harry dons the Hobgoblin costume and becomes okay. Hobgoblin. I, think, that, I guess I think that's, that's where right I got confused. Because I, I was like, yeah, Harry got... But also the difference, too, and one of the reasons that creates confusion in the show is because in the comics green goblin appears first norman appears first yes. and then hobgoblin appears right. later but hobgoblin actually appears in the series before green goblin which does. makes green goblin derivative of hobgoblin in a way which is the other way in the, the series comics. yeah right, right. yeah and what it kind of makes sense and you, you could even hair? make you could even make the argument that maybe even osborne was already <laughs> kind of like it was already implied or that he was already thinking about donning the green goblin costume because he he's the one that has the glider in the episode yeah the he's developing his. technology for yeah he's Hobgoblin developing the use. technology so it makes sense that that would happen later but but real quick just want to touch on the fact that yeah mike mentioned uh what's going on with the osborne's hair uh, yeah, what is going on? Because it looks like an armadillo's back. Yeah, it looks like it looks <laughs> like tiramisu. What is, what is happening in this that, episode? That is all how his hair has always been. But Even now in comics, that's still how his it, hair it, is. It looks like Norman's. Has, it looks like he has short implants. Yeah, they're all yeah. like separate. No, Norman's looks like that, but not always. Harry's Harry's is sort of he's James Franco in the so, fucking. Sometimes it looks like it, but. 
in, in the episode, sometimes it will look like his father's. Right. Where they'll do that graphic, but then sometimes it goes away. It looks like the top of a Milky Way. Like, <laughs> it's upsetting. Like, like when they're by themselves, when Norman or Harry are respectively like talking to Peter or whoever, and they're not together on screen, it's totally fine. But when they're together, I felt sick. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you see them, it's like, who crafted this widow's peak? It's because awful. they've got like. They, they, they've got, like, early onset, like, balding happening that is going towards the back of their fucking yeah, the, skull. It's, the Osborne <laughs> hair gene is not yeah. a kind it's like one. A, it's like Marge's sisters, Patty and Selma, with the same hair, dude. Like, I just feel good. It's too much. I feel sick. <laughs> That's why they it became like scientists. So- they wanted to figure out how to fix their hair problem. Yeah. And I, new hair I also... One of the things, and I love this about like a lot of superhero content or like, you know, mysterious uh, or, uh, you know, where they hide their identity or whatever. You know, Peter in this, in this, in this episode, at one point he he comes over to the apartment that he and Harry share and Flash or whoever, is that who Flash is in the series? Who greets him at the door? Is that Flash? Yeah, that's Flash. Okay, well, he, he greets him and it's like, ugh, Peter's here. And it's like, ugh. The fucking GQ model who is strutting around, built like a brick shit house, just got here. Yeah, he's a nerd. It is so funny I'm that glad in you this say series, that. Peter is descri- like treated as if he's this fucking nerd that's yeah. just off to the side, and he's walking around with like the most chiseled jaw and jacked fucking six foot five body. <laughs> yes. It's like what is happening? <laughs> he does not look at all yeah, like ma- a jacked made in no dweeb. No, Anyone no, made yeah. in the sixties, you know, that's just the he's walking around look. looking like a thirty year old. Leading man as a high school yeah, student. Yeah, he does not look like a scientist. So he the Tobey Maguire like he's a bodybuilder. Bodybuilder. He looks it like fucking not... Gary Cooper, and this guy's like, "Hey, bookworm!" Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, hey yeah. bookworm! And it's like, dude, I will level you no with a panky. I'll do what Steven Seagal dreams of. The other person I could never get over is Mary Jane. Her <laughs> jawline is more striking than his is. Yeah, that's what I noticed too. <laughs> it's just like, God, <laughs> are we sure that this is Mary Jane? Why? Watson? Yeah, not, not the, Luke Watson. Not the Who fiery, this? the fire engine red hair that she's got. It's it's so funny. Just the, the character design of these people is great. The Osbournes are great. Their hairline rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is great. He yeah, looks like Superman. And very memorable. Really, yeah, he looks bigger than Superman. Oh yeah, he he look he looks like he would go around at leveling least, buildings. At least with Kingpin, they don't have to worry about a hairline or a jawline. <laughs> no, no, he's got two jawlines. Yeah. But he man. does look like fat bastard from fucking Austin yeah. Powers. He's got to be like five hundred pounds. His, his sidekick, his, his sidekick that has the coolest flat top mullet of all time, Professor Xavier. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Pro- Professor Xavier, if he was cool. Yeah. yeah. He's got a fucking mullet and a flat yeah. top. Yeah, Professor Xavier came from the fucking trailer park. Yeah, if pre- if Professor Xavier enjoyed Waffle House, this is what <laughs> yeah. he'd look Which, like. A, a guy that drops in a a show for 10-year-olds, lest we forget the Pyrrhic War reference. And it's like, the fuck is this in a kid's... <laughs> 
cartoon for? <laughs> like, they have not gotten to that part of history yet in school. Oh, well, they, they definitely got to the part of history where Aunt May looks like she's straight up lifted out of a Nazi propaganda oh, poster. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> she is the blondest, most blue-eyed woman on that entire fucking show. It is great, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a solid little show. After next- having said all that. <laughs> the very next scene is where Peter goes back home and is talking to Aunt May about moving out of her house so that he can move in with Harry and she encourages it and pretends not to be sad and then the next thing Hopgoblin breaks into Kingpin's estate but he's captured and then he manages to somehow convince Kingpin to hire him instead by telling him that Osborne hired him to kill him so Kingpin decides okay well then I'll just have you go kill Osborne instead or abduct his or son abduct his, well, yeah, 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 yeah. so uh, Peter goes and spends the night at Harry's and there's a party over there. And then Aunt May comes to visit the next morning and Peter's all embarrassed about the way the apartment looks. So he tries to like clean up real quick. And then right as Aunt May shows yeah, up, he like shoves a bunch of stuff in the closet. Yeah, it bulges the closet. out. Yeah. He scrubs yeah. the floor real quick. Yeah. And yeah. it comes in, but it's still <laughs> not enough. Cause she comes in and is like, Oh my gosh, like Peter, what is this mess? And she's so shocked. Why does that it? condom have shit on it? Peter. <laughs> <laughs> The second Peter wakes up, he's like, oh, gosh, yeah, it's really bachelor living here. And it's there's one pizza box on the ground, yeah. and like a cup. What a nerd. Uh, what a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nerd. Um, but so that's when Hopgoblin shows up, and he throws his smoke bombs around, and he kidnaps Harry. And, and so hurts Aunt May in the process. And then Kingpin and Hobgoblin reveal to Osborne that they've kidnapped his son. And Kingpin gives Osborne an ultimatum to hand over his company's inventions or and then, then he'll get his son back. So uh, Mary Jane goes to the hospital with Peter to visit Aunt May. And then that's when Peter decides to track Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin goes to see Osborne and reveals to him that he plans to betray Kingpin and then with his help that he'll make sure he gets his son back and keep his company. And Osborne agrees and gives him a better glider. So now he's flying around on a way better glider than the one that he had. Which did is you like write twice this all or did you like copy Spider-Man and paste anymore. it from Wikipedia? I wrote this. Jesus. I wrote this while I was watching it. You've yeah. done more work than I have done for all 11 episodes so this far. This is a dissertation <laughs> on the plot of this. I thought we were hitting Did you highlights. cite your sources? All right. Well, you're right. A long story short. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> He spends 10 minutes. We can just talk about Spider Man. I mean, yeah, I just wanted to give a breakdown of what this was about. Because it, it's, really, it's a really convoluted episode because there's so much like, I'm betraying you, I'm betraying you. And you're, you're right. It gets real. It a gets a really breakdown is on a napkin from a cocktail place. <laughs> this is a fucking blueprint. Hobgoblin works for Osborne, betrays him to work with Kingpin, betrays him to work with Osborne, and then gets gabagooled by Kingpin and Osborne working together along with Spider-Man. Were they lure, they Is lure Gabagool the new wacky Scooby-Doo from you, by the way? Uh, well, wackadoodle and Scooby-Doo <laughs> and also literally like... They, they lure anymore. Spider-Man into, into taking down Hobgoblin himself so that then they can get rid of both of them at the same time, hoping that I guess they'll kill each other and they're going to blow up Kingpin's hideout. But then Hobgoblin takes it over and he, for whatever reason, tells Harry this plan of like, now I'm going to become like the crime lord of the world. I'm going to become Kingpin. Yeah. Because for, yeah. for the only the only odd thing about 
hobgoblin is the fact that he has some necessity of money. Yeah. Or like he has some weird fixation on being paid like he's a mercenary and not just a absolute psycho rolling around. Personal I mean, pumpkins in New York yeah. are expensive. Look, yeah. go- Goblin's got to eat too, you know. Yeah, he's got to eat. He's got a he's, fucking two bedroom apartment. His asked, HOA fee just went up. He asked for someone to pay him like four times in this yeah, episode. You're right. It, episode. It's like that 1980s subway ad. Hobgoblin's got to eat too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right. That campaign they had. Yeah, or before they got Jerry. Yeah. So, so of course, Spider-Man is just trying to make heads or tails of chasing Hobgoblin around while Hobgoblin is double-crossing Osborne to double-cross Kingpin to double-cross Osborne again. At one point, Osborne calls him a lying opportunist, which is exactly what he's doing. Right. He's just betraying everyone. He might as well just stab himself in the fucking back. (laughs) All, all, All the while, poor Harry Osborne is just being tossed and turned back and forth, being thrown amongst, used as a pawn in this entire power play that's happening until Osborn and Kingpin finally decide to be like, okay, fuck Hobgoblin. We need to take him down together. They start working together, but the the whole genesis of this is that Osborn wanted Kingpin gone because they were making it hard for his business to operate or some shit like that. But even in the end, even after both of them have suffered like great losses to Kingpin losing his hideout and Osborn losing his son, to being kidnapped. It's a zero-sum game. Yeah. It's yeah. Th- th- they're still kind of working against one another. In that yeah. Kingpin is off on his own with Mullet Man, and they're hoping for Spider-Man. Is to Mullet be, Man Mary and, Jane or which yeah, one? Is we that? have both. And <laughs> it's Professor X. So at some point, Spider-Man fights Hobgoblin again, and after Kingpin's hideout's destroyed, he manages to get Hobgoblin to crash his glider. And mm-hmm. he just like falls into the bay and then he's like gone. But he's clearly not dead. He's just disappeared. Yeah. And then King he Pen, accidentally bumped the top King of a Pen fucking says something yeah. to his there's the the character, I think his name is Smythe, who is like his scientist associate yeah, of King Professor Pen's. X. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I think he believes you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He really, I mean, might as well be. These superheroes should have like, checked that in his mind. They yeah. should have really learned, like superheroes by now, like don't fight any villain near water because we'll have to fucking do this again pretty soon. Like going in water doesn't mean anything. No, but it's funny the way that everybody writes it off is like, oh, he's gone. Spider-Man assumes he's gone. Kingpin says something to the effect of like. Now I can rebuild my hideout bigger and better than ever. And it's like, nothing has changed. Your hideout just got destroyed. Like, yeah, Hobgoblin's right. still out there. Spider-Man and Osborn still Speaking want you. Speaking of which, when, when Hobgoblin is in Kingpin's lair and Kingpin's like, I'll kill you here. It's like, this guy flies and Spider-Man can't get his hands on him. And you have a body like Uncle Phil. Like, what is the fucking game plan for getting Hobgoblin dead in yeah. your lair? He brings I, two guys in with pistols. I have another another point to make here when uh, Spider-Man is fighting Hobgoblin in uh, Kingpin's lair towards the end. And he's like makes a big point to be like he doesn't know where he's going because he had to go through all those tunnels. And so he doesn't know that he's in kingpin's lair or he doesn't know he's in fisk's uh building yeah this is an advanced sewer yeah and and like at the (laughs) end uh hobgoblin flies out through this massive fucking bay door that is open that you could land a helicopter through or fit kingpin through yeah well and which they do uh in a second and spider-man could just like run out through that door and be out in the city and he can see where he's at and he can escape that way. But instead, he chooses to take the fucking elevator of a burning building down. Well, he's got to take the elevator 
so that he can go into the tunnels so that they can yeah. detonate the tunnels behind him that were conveniently set as uh, charges to explode and then at the behind end, him yeah, as he runs out. And then at the yeah. end, he's like, oh, I'll never know where I was now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't, yeah, see, yeah, like, you didn't see the fucking skyline <laughs> yeah, from the dude. massive door? Hey, there is something so wonderful. I think I've said this before, maybe on mic or maybe just every day to myself in the mirror. I love nothing more than seeing a hero run by a sequence of explosions. That's one of my favorite like 80s, 90s tropes of all time is Why running just and, and like no pressure affects you. It, fire fire is the only thing it's like when you see like a grenade thrown in a movie and it's just like a giant thing of fire it's, it's like, not the shrapnel that is nothing. Yeah. it's pressure and shrapnel it's not fire unless it's like an incendiary thing but yeah he runs out of a building like the end of fucking Turok and he's carrying a full grown dainty man and with armadillo hair with armadillo hair <laughs> which I, I guess that that's like non-air resistant because he really books it out of there it's a great little like finale cap to the two-parter and and yeah. right at the right at the end of it just to show you that hobgoblin is still alive he just fucking is flying over the bay towards the moon yeah. you'll see me again spider-man yeah. like that's what he does it's <laughs> yeah. the whole fucking yeah. thing and then he's just gone. Yeah. And, and so then like, he goes to check on Aunt May in the hospital, and and he's like, "I'm so sorry, I left you alone." And, and she's like, "I'm the," uh, she's like screaming something, and he's like, "I know the the hobgoblin was scary," and she's like, "No, your apartment was scary." <laughs> that did make uh, me laugh. Uh, 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 like, oh, this is Aunt the, May. The Joey, the Aunt, Aunt May. She's she's been attacked. She's been in ba- basically a coma. Yeah, she's been mumbling stuff about the Jews in her coma. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then the first thing she says to we Peter is nice like, time. "I don't think you're." ready to move into an apartment with Harry. There was too much pizza boxes on the ground. Yeah, too, many, too many pizza boxes. Not the fact that there was a fucking serial killer in the window on a magical glider throwing Yeah, not like, bombs. I don't know if living with the Osbournes is safe. It's like, no, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's the pizza on the floor. I don't want you to get dysentery. <laughs> it just... Agreed. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the G.I. Joe ending is so good. I love yeah. it. Just Oh, you! Ha 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 ha! You know the the fucking yeah. roll credits to yeah. laughter. We gotta or get back to the status quo. Uh, like everything's good. Everything. Something safe. else happens next episode, even right. though there's absolutely no reason that Hobgoblin wouldn't just go right back to attacking Osborn. <laughs> <Yeah>. He <laughs> lost anything. He's yeah. barely been dead. Right. If anything, he has the upper hand because yeah. Kingpin doesn't have his rate crazy robot hideout. Right. Now. Oh, you you mean the fact like, that both of them are like. Kind of wounded and disarmed right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but overall, like this the, this show was like fun, and I like the the production of it. I like the way that it's it's shown, it's structured, the pacing of it. I just like that style of cartoons. It just doesn't feel so like loud and screaming and fast paced yeah. and quick cuts and electric looking. It does. There graphics. is like an actual story going on, you know, it, yeah. it, I mean, at the, we'll say at the, at the heart of this, I think two parter, I think there is a story about, uh, Harry and his, his father. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are times when I feel like the animation feels very stiff, particularly in the action. What I if, mean, that's just, yeah, that's just the animation I, I, of the time. Yeah, I think that's just a, the limitation of the animation, but I actually think I, I prefer that. Yeah. I, I really, I like how kind of snappy everything looks when there needs to be action. It's not really like a big, fluid, smooth movement. There's not a lot of frames. Yeah, but I think it, it, it's it's less about that for me and more to do with like sometimes when there's big action, it feels like stiff. It's hard to believe that 
there's real like force behind things sometimes like particularly with like if someone like swats someone away with their hand or something it looks so casual like they're just knocking over a beanbag or something and not like someone just flew through the wall I, like I hear what feet. you're saying because if you watch like Batman the animated series which was done on a much higher scale and budget and like took a long time like they aired all of those there it, it didn't go on just Saturday mornings it was weekdays I mean they aired like all the firsts and second season I mean, consecutively I think, but Spider-Man was done fairly quickly a quick turnaround I think they're all yeah, guilty that, of it so a little Batman bit Batman had weight to the action that, it's, like, it's like 60 frames per second versus 30 which is more Spider-Man of like I yeah, think Batman's better about it but i would say yeah. batman's guilty of it too but the, particularly I, the show is like sometimes i'm like eh, that's i think you'll find batman's pretty crystal clear man i mean it's pretty clean well, it's not that it's clear it just some of the animation does not look as animated as it should be oh I, okay i got you like, like it's more sometimes some of the action else. just looks so casual in the way that they move yeah yeah there's like, a, there's not a there's not a whole lot of like i guess weight to the scene there's not a lot of things reacting to the impacts, right? Yeah, I think like, it, in I the think sense of, I think it's a lot of redrawing, mostly, right? Yeah, it's I mean, there's the, the, there's a part that, there's a part where a van gets blown to shreds and a massive explosion from these bombs that are leveling buildings, and you look at it and it's like there's not even scorching on the ground. Sure, mm-hmm. or like if you know if Spider Man dodges something instead of seeing him get into a crazy low like wide. Spider-Man stance, you know, he's he just does like, you know, he does a little like side. Move oh, he nudges, yeah. yeah. But that's just because, like he said, it's it's the limitation of the animation. But I mean, other than that, yeah, that's the only thing I feel like when I'm watching and I'm like, eh, that, that could have been better. But it it was drawn the way it was. So yeah, so, I mean, other than that, Spider-Man the animated series, great show. I really enjoy it. It, I think that. As far as Spider-Man lore, I, that's where I feel like I get a lot of my knowledge from Spider-Man from, because this was my this is what introduced me to it. Really, like I said, it's really faithful to the comics. Yeah, I like Peter's jaw. Mike, what do you got to say? <laughs> I like Mary Jane's jaw. <laughs> I don't have anything that Dalton didn't just say. <laughs> Garrett, what about you? Spider-Man, go thwip. Change it. The rest of the day is theirs, but lunchtime is yours. Lunchables Fun Pack from Oscar Mayer. There's no right way to eat it, just your way. Cause I'd already 
more than words to show you feel that that your love for me is real. (laughs) Neither do they. Someone fell over. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) That was. Bye. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. That was hey, hey, I, oh. I'm, I'm only gonna say this one fucking time. Garrett's playing was the best part. That's not your song. Oh, that's, no. my wife. <laughs> that's not your song. Yeah, she had to that leave the room. She just signed divorce papers under the door. <laughs> <laughs> shit. She's packing up your shit back there. Uh, yeah, you were right. right. It wasn't Ed. It was more than words. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What song hey, are we doing? We're doing uh, more than words by Extreme. Oh, I don't know what year this was. Do you know? No one cares. Uh, it, this album's ninety, and I think the song came out in ninety-two. Okay. Yeah. 91. So yeah, we're doing more than words by Extreme. It's actually contrary to what was just played, a pretty song. Oh, yeah, um, I really like the it's song. It's a wonderful song. I enjoy not the that song. Version of Dalton, it what do you think about the song? I d- it's it's not for me. Not, neither is anything. You mean music or the yeah. song? <laughs> I said what I said. But maybe maybe what they normally play would be for you because they're normally like a fucking hair metal white snake. They, they type sound like song. white snake or yeah. warrant. Like that they, they sounds sound, pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, we I had no clue about extreme. I listened to this song a lot because it comes up on things. But I looked into them last night a little bit. I looked into it more for posterity, like. They had a 25-year reunion thing, I think, in 2015, and it's the two guys playing more than words. And I noticed that my girlfriend said, when we were watching the video, like, these guys are really clean-cut and, like, handsome. Like, they they look like they smell like fucking soap. And it's like, yeah. And then we looked at them in 2015. The guitarist looks pretty good still. The lead singer looks like fucking Keith Richards. Ooh. It, yeah. looks, it, looks like the, it looks like there might be some track marks going on or something. Like, he looked tough. I don't, I, I, like, not even, not even just, like, making a meme or making a joke of this shit. I just don't have much to fucking provide Well, for that's this. a great so way to start right out a podcast. Yeah. So uh, that I really the, wait, like is this song. an audio medium? Yeah. Ed, Ed was a good movie. <laughs> Ed was it was like it was a good movie. I like Ed. No. Uh, so this video, um, that I mean, it it is just them playing, but it does start out very specifically with the drummer and the bassist putting down their instruments and going to sit down. Right, and, and it go, it comes back point. to yeah, they're right. making like, a point that we're usually an electric metal band. Right, yeah. right. And they have the whole studio set up that way, and then they yes. they show them a couple of times just sitting in the background, being like, "We're like this is not our <laughs> thing. This isn't yeah. your dad's. You know what? You know what yeah. this is? This is how like you know how Paul W S Anderson made Event Horizon and then made like shitload of Resident Evil movies. This is their event horizon this is like the one good pure thing they did and everything else is like fucking cherry pie by warrant I mean, it is which really is a badass song that's sweet that rolls this is yeah. not a song you would expect to come from a band called extreme no by any stretch i mean it, it's it's like it's like simon and garfunkel meets the beatles yeah there's this real like folky duet like sound to it, but it also has this really weird chord progression. Yeah. It's and like some Charles and Eddie shit. It's yeah. just, it's very like listening to your mom's radio on the way to school when you're in third grade kind of radio. Um, it's safe, but I will say that I think the band is in on the joke that it's kind of like a one-off lark because the guys are even doing like the, yeah, lighter they got the thing. lighters going. Yeah. Again. It's, like, very, it's very mocking. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think Dalton is about to have an aneurysm. No, just. it's just the song <laughs> makes me think of floral patterns and like fucking pleated sheets or some bullshit. Those are nice it's, things, it's, though. I know. It's just such a clean song. It's fine. I mean, they, they are talented. Yeah. They are good. They are good musicians. And this is a nice, sweet little music video put together where they look like fine gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And I'm bored. Anything you want to say about the uh, black I nail want polish? cherry pie. <laughs> Yeah, what she said. <laughs> I don't know. What, anything I want to say about what? The black nail polish on the guitarist's hands. Was he, uh, what about it? Just thought you'd say something ugly. You know, no. I, I brought up Brandon Boyd's jeans and you went on for 18 fucking consecutive minutes. And I bring up a guy's black nail polish from 1992. And it's like, I don't, I don't have That's because we that. were, before we were talking about a man whose chest was concave. Yeah. And now we're talking about two talented musicians. All right, I, w- I will talk about, they have the shiniest lips. They look like they're wearing lip gloss. That's it. Look, yeah. I, I'll, I'll talk about the way they look. They're handsome and mm. they have beautiful hair. What do you, I mean, you know. Uh, oh no! Here comes two attractive guys playing guitar together. I'm just trying to get on your wait, level because you clearly want to say something bad about. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I just it. I it's not my music. It's not for me. It wasn't made for me. This is not anything I will ever listen to again right, or right. want to listen to. It. That's it. That's that's. I the think whole it's thing. a. I think it's a pretty song. I, pro- I probably wouldn't <laughs> skip it when it comes up on things. I would sing along. I think it's. It's very sweet. It's, it's something yeah. you can sing along to, actually. Sure. Um. I, it's not easy to. It'll just learn, but you <laughs> <laughs> can. Yeah, yeah, but you, you can. You can try. Uh, sure. The music video it is mo- it's got one thing going for, which is the the setup of them. Uh, you know, of it being like a behind the scenes. This is not. This ain't. This is not what they usually play out. Play. Uh, but no, like the camera work, I think is. Yeah. I think the camera work is interesting. It's, I, I, uh, the I, way it always moves around them, it's always got something going on, and like the opening of pulling back from the strings. It's of course, got I would say that, I would work. say that's the bare minimum. I will agree with Dalton at least in the very, the very music video is not very interesting. No, it's not, pretty not basic. Really. There's not the only interesting thing about it is, like you said, is that it's very mocking with the other band members yeah the way that they get up from their instruments and go sit down one of them's reading or something and then you see them with the lighters just kind of yeah doing their thing like they're like, yeah that's so yeah. sweet yeah the guy's watching ed it makes you wonder like where did the idea <laughs> for the music video come from and is this a joke that the writer of the song was not in on which one of them came up with it the guitarist the lead singer who whose piece is this and Clearly, everyone else. Hated I mean, this it. could be like something that came up with, like, on a bus going from like concert to concert. Yeah, they're just messing around. I mean, it has that very like takes. it has that weird McCartney yesterday feeling yeah. about it of just like yeah. this is clearly like one of them trying to do something different, and the band is being, I guess, you know, they're they're giving the space for that. They're they're, they're nodding it. out. Yeah, they're humoring it and being like, okay, yeah, this is the go singer play your stupid thing song. The band. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but ironically being that it is a nice song yeah like, and it made a them a song. lot of money and sold that <laughs> yeah. record called what's it called porno graffiti is the name of the album it's not indicative and maybe of the that's song. what it was that sounds maybe sweet that's, as maybe hell that's why they humor it. maybe they had the you know the wherewithal to understand that like okay this is gonna make us a lot of money if we just let this yeah. happen this this sound we have an 80s sound because we're coming out of the 80s in 1990 and it's like let's give them something more singer-songwriter like Brian Adams or something like that. 
to where yeah, I guess. it's got it, it's just it's very minimal. It's very basic. And so is the video, and I think that's all intentional because I'm sure originally it was like, and then you guys are here doing this, and you guys are here doing this, and it's like that doesn't really capture the spirit of what the song is, though. The song should just be the video should just be what the song is, which is minimal. It's I mean, really simple. It's just the guys like in yeah. between other sets. Like, but it is very something. musically interesting yeah. i think it takes yeah it's very talented yeah it's it has it has definitely stood the uh, at least enough of the test of time to uh get on the jimmy fallon show for uh when jack black and jimmy fallon just recreate that music video shot for shot which i had to say is like, there's not even a joke there there's I just know, that's, funny faces. That, that's, 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 that's it. just it it's like i yeah. feel like whatever they're going for with it is a joke just doesn't work because it, it ends up just feeling really lazy. Yeah. The music video already feels lazy. It's like, I'm not even sure is if it, it is a joke. Jack Black is too yeah. good at it's, talented at that for it to actually be a right. joke. It's like him just making a couple of funny faces every once in a while. And oh, Jimmy Fallon has long hair. Huh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, that is funny. I, it, it's funny when Jimmy Fallon has long hair that because he doesn't normally have He doesn't that. have long it's hair. It's funny when Jimmy Fallon uh, has long hair. It's I like funny when, when the monkey sl- ties cream. Yeah, it's, it's you know, funny. after you said that, it actually does sound like it's funny when Jimmy Fallon has long hair. Long hair, and because yeah. normally he has short hair. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, you know what? There actually was something I really liked. Yeah. yeah There's yeah, something yeah. about Jimmy that. Fallon had long hair. Yeah. 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 I like the part where Jimmy Fallon had long hair because normally he does have short hair, like Mike said, and that's it's different. So that's kind of funny. Normally yeah. things are in color, and this is in black and white. Yeah. yeah. That that's pretty funny, funny too. too. I've never seen anything in black and white. Which is funny that it's in it's in black and white because it's actually in the parody song with Jimmy Fallon and Jack Black. His last name is that. Black. I even noticed that. Yeah. yeah. That, that, oh yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. That is true. I think yeah. the thing that is the most cringe to me about that parody video too is how much effort it had to have taken to do it as an exact copy of the original song. Yeah, like even the table it, it has that right down to, to the set dressing. It's yeah, it has nothing to say really. It's no. just I of course I had I haven't like seen the context of like them introducing that video or anything. Maybe there's more. This to was it, on the Tonight Show. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was on the Tonight yeah. Show. So I I don't know, but yeah. Anyways, the, nice song. Yeah. Uh, it's a fine music video. Nothing crazy it's very simple but as a song also very simple lyrics are very simple i don't think that's anything special but musically i find it really interesting because it is but what does it mean to you lyrically i think pretty pretty much what it sounds like he got flutters in his heart when you ask it's it's a song that's clearly about a, 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 a lover who's upset because they don't they feel like they're just being told I love you all the time and don't feel it. And that's the whole song. You're like, you need to show me action to make me feel that because you're just saying it over and over again. And that doesn't make me feel anything. And it's pretty direct in that way. But it is funny how sweet the song is considering that it feels like the person is angry. And it's a, it's a, it's about them reprimanding the other person being like, stop doing that. But it's also very sweet and haunting even, and especially by the very end. It's a very haunting song. Yeah, I did feel spooky. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. When yeah, the whole time Dalton's just like looking at the ground between his eyes. Yeah, I was scared. Over his face. I was really scared. <laughs> and the, I, don't, when, I don't like especially, especially I when you sent us that parody version too, yeah. not not even joking. When you sent us that parody version, I actually felt scaled because Jimmy Fallon's hair was longer and normally <laughs> it is short. Wait, Jimmy Fallon's got short hair normally? He normally does have short hair, but yeah. I think Garrett was, or maybe it was Jesse. He brought it up first that he he was actually wearing a wig that made it look like he had longer hair. And so he, this, wait, it was this? a wig. You think? It oh, was in a the wig? video. <laughs> 
Dude, you know what? We we burned all of our fuel and Ed, and now we're just we're just cutting the engine off while we're going downhill. <laughs> and it's like, no, we can just coast like this. This is fine. That's, that's what I was trying to say You're to like, Garrett. This is not trying. That, that's what I was trying to say to Garrett. In that, like, I just I'm out of gas. I don't just don't have anything. I, I hope yeah. the eleventh episode is someone's first episode. They're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I just haven't got anything for this. There's just not enough meat there while there is a lot of long hair extremely hard to come up with content for this what are we at garrett 10 minutes <laughs> we're at uh 14 actually all right change it is the cookie you drunk for as much frosting as you want so how do you do your dunkaroos I Google what Aunt May and Venom Rule Thirty Four. Yeah. Oh, this one's called Maximum Carnage, and Carnage isn't even in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when we're recording. Yeah, we're rolling. Okay, and we're back, and we're gonna go ahead and roll for the twelfth episode of Nineties Roulette, which will be the super spooky Halloween episode. Ooh. 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 Be about that much energy too. <laughs> now, There's ghouls in here. <laughs> no. All right, let's go ahead and roll. <laughs> that's, that's what the roulette sound is now. <laughs> it sounded like Hank Hill. <laughs> <laughs> and our movie is going to be Sleepy Hollow. Oh hell yeah! Oh fuck yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> she she's sitting over there seal clapping, so I'm guessing it's pretty good. Oh, you've yeah. never seen it? No. It's, yeah, it's very good. good. It's good. Yeah. I'll watch it through my uh, yeah. Uh, through you my probably it, it, look. It's spooky. And what is our TV show? Our TV show is going to be uh, Hey Arnold, um, Season 4, Episode 14, The Headless Cappy, and uh, Friday the 13th are Hell the names yeah. of the bits there. Oh, that's sweet. And that's then good. for our good music job. video, we are doing Marilyn Manson, The Beautiful People. Whoa, oh, God. The Beautiful People. The Beautiful People. So you will have something to say for that part. I, I just said good. it. That's really good. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Ooh, that's his input. Hey, this will be spooky. Dalton talks during the music segments. <laughs> <laughs> it's just noise. That is true. Does anyone else have anything oh. to say or do or contribute or take away from the fucking show? Um, we wow. need to not do any more movies with chimps in them. He means Dunstan Jackson and stuff of that ilk, right? I, uh -huh, I yeah. would watch Dunstan Jackson, hey. though. I would. Uh, sure, I'd watch that. I'd watch yeah. that. It's better than that. Yeah. So, it's, so is bowel cancer. I was going to say, you're right. I, I really don't think it can get worse than hey, Ed. That has to be a rock bottom. Do you want to hear right? something terrible? I thought about this after I watched Ed. So do you remember Coco the Gorilla when you were a kid? They would always show you like specials about Coco the Gorilla. She, had, she knew sign language and all that shit. Remember that? They based Amy from Congo off of it. She looks, she's already sad. She's already doing sad face. So she was friends with Robin Williams, right? Robin Williams would mm -hmm. go see Coco and they would like yeah. wrestle around. I've seen the video. That she, she loved Robin Williams and he loved her, yeah. right? So after Robin Williams did what he did and ended his life, there was like a news report, like a follow-up with Coco. And they went and they basically sign language to Coco like, do you do you know do you remember Robin Williams? And look, she, she gets all ooh, ooh, ooh. she gets all excited and shit. Yeah. And they basically sign language like, 
Robin, Robin is not with us anymore. He's gone. And I think they even say, like, he killed himself to Coco. And Coco no. starts, like, getting so upset and freaking out. And I thought, what a fucking horrific, sycophantic thing this news station did for Coco the Gorilla. Yeah, that's really awful. It is worse than that. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was getting to. Why would you even take Exa- the opportunity why? to talk to a gorilla why? and tell it? That's why? Only, and Coco was ancient at this point. Like... Coco's been around since the fucking 80s. And that whole thing with Coco's kitten, by the way, you know, where, like, the kitten dies. They were, like, this is a Milo and Otis situation where, like, that was 90 different kittens. That was, Coco was a big girl and had some strong hands. So Coco looks like Kingpin. So, yeah, a kitten did not last long with Coco. And I think they sort of, like, marketed that whole thing is, nope, there was just the one kitten and she's real sad. Mm-hmm. Should have just signed her up to play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Acted across in Matt LeBlanc and made a really shitty movie. There's an idea. Yeah, hey. Uh, so you hear that, Hollywood? It's not too late. <laughs> yeah, hey, a reboot, Ed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's retcon Ed. They, they reboot it and cast David Schwimmer. <laughs> the sad reality is that yeah. what, some, as the monkey? somewhere, yeah. somewhere, Hollywood producers' eyes just turned into literal dollar signs. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, oh, we did really shit. good with the Planet uh, of the Apes movies. Yeah. We can use that technology. My for God, Ed. they're right. He busts out on that baseball field. Marcel? Marcel? <laughs> okay, all right. In light of what you just said, let's close the episode. All of us in harmony. Let's all emit one limp dick whimper. You ready? And on three. One, two. <gasps> and that's also the review of our show. Sounded like the opening of Hollywood Nothing. Movement. He just looked at me and licked his lips. I don't know what to take away from that. I, I don't know what we just <laughs> did. What did I agree That was to? David Schwimmer. Is it? That was our swimmer. It was okay. something. We just swimmer together. <laughs> Yay, Garrett, you just got a swimmer, bud. Yeah, I feel like I signed uh, a, a terms and uh, acknowledgement. I don't know I, if I yeah, can. I don't, I don't like that. I feel like someone thinks we're doing the home improvement episode. I feel like I, was, <laughs> I violated myself. <laughs> so anyway, How do we close this out? I don't know. So anyway, follow us on Patreon.com. Really somehow like this hear. is harder to close Listen, out now than the Almost we, Heroes we episode. We don't say, we don't say change it. It just, the song comes on and we can close it whenever we want to. No, yeah. no. No, we're still, we're still going. Is that what you're Yeah, voting? we're still going because we haven't said the, the things we usually say. Yeah, so we anyway, said the closing oh, stuff. Oh, well, I can cut this out and put that back in. It's terrible. Coco de Gorilla is sad. If you like us, follow us on Patreon.com. <laughs> Sign up and get the extra content. Listen for more episodes wherever you get your podcast. Get more Coco content. content. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do a whole episode. See see more uh, photoshopped in posters for Ed. And every time we post a new one, they get further and further away from high five. Yeah, they're leaving each other hanging for eternity. Bold letters underneath. Are we rolling yet? (laughs) Nothing. I'm done. All right, well, whatever. There might be another episode later. See ya. Yeah. It's oh, uh, um, uh, Jimmy Fallon does not usually have long hair. He does not. He, he does not have short Jimmy hair. Jimmy Fallon actually had long hair in that video that's a parody, but it, normally he does have short hair, yeah. so Jimmy, it's actually a little funny because he had long hair. Wait, wait, wait. It's, so he does yeah. not have long hair no. in real life? And it's funny because it's in black and white, and Jimmy Fallon's last name is Fallon, so it's funny. Right. See? That yeah. is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye.